0: Welcome to Face Hammer. This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Face Hammer, episode 10, where we're going to talk about the age of rage quit. Um, uh, <laughs> and um, it's me, Russ the Face. I'm joined by. Uh, Terry doesn't finish a model Pike and Les the nose Martin and no Byron Thanks. still he's still missing in action, missing in action. so apologise to all those um, Byron fans especially well, to Les's misses because he's,
1: yeah. he's keeping <laughs> Les's misses occupied so that Les can do the podcast
0: yeah. that's what it is yeah. yeah that's good it's a it's a nice sacrifice to make it for the oh yeah the fans totally. out there Les I'm totally down with that I, I
2: feel that he's helping helping me out massively.
0: Yeah, well, uh, uh, he basically said he's like your fluffer He is, yeah, totally <laughs> and, I'm, and pay, I'm timid, painting toy soldiers in by Byron's I must admit, when I want to get ready, I, I stare at pictures of Byron Yeah No, we, not, no sorry, that, that recording I shouldn't say from Yes, no. So, um We got a free copy Yeah um, since we, calling, eventually. Not, yeah, <laughs> we nearly didn't. Since we recorded, basically, um, when we did the last show, which was um, on the 30th of June, we, there wasn't really anything out. I mean, there wasn't the PDFs out, there wasn't the rules out. Um, we haven't recorded the immediate weekend, because basically last weekend we had a barbecue and mine played other game systems, uh, like Infinity. Um, and the reason for that is uh, we didn't realise that Games Workshop had done this cool thing where they had emailed podcasts um, how all of the good ones bar the Black Sun. Um, uh, I don't know why, I think it's more because their website is tight, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Um, so basically, we had um, an email from Games Workshop on that, and when we were on Skype on the Friday night, um, Terry, you checked it, didn't you? And, yeah. and there was a little email sat there. So we replied, and we thought maybe we've missed it, we, we're not going to get a copy, and lo and behold, uh, last Friday, uh, you've got a copy turn up, didn't you?
1: Yeah, arrived at work, and uh, yeah, Paul, it's yours this weekend, and we... Uh,
0: yeah, that same good, day, even. Mm. So, yeah, the
1: same night, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah,
0: so ba- good. basically, we, we dropped everything of our sort of vast plans we had this weekend, of not a lot, and... <laughs> <laughs> had <some> washing. Yeah, <laughs> there's some housework to do. <laughs> Back uh-huh. hell. So uh, Terry drove to mine on the Friday night, and we cracked open the copy, and very nicely, Terry didn't even break the cellophane on it. Um so it was all all new and new box smell. Um so we got a letter, um and I'm sure people have seen other podcasters um sort of you know, tweet tweet screenshots yeah. of it, but basically it's uh talking about the it's been thirty years since the birth of Warhammer. I'm just gonna read it out. Since the first orc said, Oi what you looking at and punches and axes then goblins were thrown. Um over 30 years in which millions of hobbyists have painted their colours, raised their armies and waged terrible war in every corner of the old world. Over 30 years in which Warhammer has become one of the world's most popular fantasy realms. But, as was long foretold, Archeon the bringer of the end times of the old world. Uh, sorry, the end times came and the old world went with a bang. Yet endings beget to beginnings and so begins the Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar is a totally new beginning for Warhammer fabulous new miniatures, they do say so themselves, (laughs) fantastical new landscapes, that that bit was me, and the start of an epic realm-splitting new story, although as a veteran hobbyist will discover not everyone perished in the old world, spoiler, it was also a radically new game system which is easy to get into, provides the depth, richness and complexity for which Warhammer is famous and it's really fun to play. So there's a little hint there about where they're going with it I think. Uh, we've also made the core rules and rules for existing Warhammer miniatures available free on our website, so hobbies, existing armies can jump right in. Our first new product is the Warhammer Age of Sigmar starter set, and that's, I think that's the important bit, it's a starter set.
2: Yeah.
0: 47 brand new set down miniatures, new book, new rules, all in one box, and we couldn't be prouder of it. We thought you might like to see it, I've enclosed a copy. Best wishes, Paul. So, quite nice. I think yeah. it's a definite sort of u-turn in previous games workshop direction uh, where they've basically not really acknowledged social media internet or anything on you know or even forums um i remember the days when they closed their forum down although that was a bit of an abortion that forum to be honest um and they've gone down that route so yeah quite an interesting turn of events i think so uh the the only issue we had was
1: they sent us two badges I know. And there's three of us. And Four we all us. want the same badge.
0: Four of us. Four of us. Byron.
1: Well, yeah. He's so, got his yeah. not he? Yeah, yeah he, he'll have his own. But
0: but we Where are got, the badges, Russ? Are they yours? Well, they're, they're in the box in mine, but actually... So we'll
1: we flip a coin for it, then. Yeah. yeah okay? Of that, yeah. so...
0: <laughs> well, so we... We fight to the death. We, yeah, <laughs> so... We built this box set, didn't we? Um, we had good fun building, that. We, we did. So, um... What... We're good. Well, should we talk about it now or maybe later? Let's talk about it later. You know, there's a little okay. surprise coming up later for people listening to this. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But basically, yeah, so we got the book starter set, we built the models. So, um, so Les was working on Saturday morning, so he didn't come over till the afternoon, obviously when all the work had been done. In the trop- okay. Trop- be Probably, sort of. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, basically. Let's just have a little talk about, sort of as the product range has come out and the releases have come out, what, so far, Games Workshop have released before we talk about what we got up to and and actually talk about the box set and and what was in it and stuff. So, um, basically, last week, they obviously released the pre-orders for the box set um, and they put all the PDFs up and there was some other products which was the um, Stormcast Eternals carry case, the Korn Bloodbound carry case. Um, they released a Gates of Azure novella or hardback book. Yeah. So And some new paint, so a uh, gold Retributor Armour gold spray and Liberator gold and Li- Retributor Armour base and Flade One Flesh, which is a bit of a random colour just chucked in there. It looks very much like Piled Witch Flesh, but I, I actually looked
1: at Yeah, it. I, I didn't really get that one. No. <laughs> just- It's just oh here's another flesh
0: colour that we already do. I mean I thought they would have probably better off doing like a corn red or something, but I know there already is a lot of reds, but
2: Do you think it'd probably just be a a a stronger pigment? For obviously the Chaos Warriors have got like less like armour, haven't they, some of the guys?
0: Is it a foundation
2: y sort of one? I think so.
0: I, well, what is the technical Games Workshop term for is it? Is it a base or a layer? It is one? a layer paint.
2: So it's not so, going to have the highest pigment because the base paints usually have the higher pigment. Yeah. Don't they?
0: Mm. And it is don't actually know. not as expensive as the two gold paints. What, the gold paints so, that cost an arm and a leg? Well, they're extra pound, aren't they, basically? They're or, what, 3.50 pence. Or 95 pence. Yeah, They're 350. 3.50, the normal one is 2.55. So basically, Liberator Gold Retribute Armour, I haven't um bought these or but you did didn't you Les? So you I bought did these yeah. over yeah. So what, what just tell people a little bit about them then what you're you have you used them yet? I okay. ha-
2: yeah I have yeah, I've been using them um using yeah. them this morning in fact. Off you go um, then,
0: mate, That's sort of, tell well, the world what you think. <laughs>
2: Well, Retrib- Retributor Armour Gold, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. It, it, it reminds me a lot of the Valio Liquid Gold range, if anyone's ever used that, because I even said to you guys when I opened it, like you were, it it's on Saturday like afternoon, it. it smelled sort of like, yeah. uh, like it had alcohol to it. Oh, it
0: smelled of goodness, didn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah.
2: Um, and the, the Valio Liquid Gold range was very funny because you couldn't use sort of like a sable hair brush of it you had to use a synthetic brush because otherwise it would just kill the brush and also you couldn't clean your brush out with with water because of the gold fleck it would just destroy the the actual the, the brush tip right. Um the gw one even though it smells like the liquid gold range and applies in exactly exactly the same way you can use water to clean your brush which i think's massive because it's nothing worse those liquid gold rings yeah they covered like in one go and they were really good but it was such a nightmare having to get white spirits out to clean a brush making sure you add um usually when you buy like a synthetic hairbrush, they're they're very sort of stubby they're not very good they haven't got like a fine tip they tend to sort of splay out quite a lot and especially usually when you're doing gold just for trim and stuff like that and it's a bit awkward to use
1: and so um you missed the isopropyl bit yeah yeah you have to thin it with um like rubbing alcohol
2: yeah i just use well, basically through.
0: it's a spirit based paint yeah yeah,
1: yeah it's so, a pain in the ass it's a
2: yeah it's a ball like um I
1: mean,
2: but yeah the the retributor base paint i i think it's brilliant i mean i've only i've not highlighted any of it up yet other than sort of just like a, a little test that i did on a, a, a spare undercoated model but i mean it went over in one coat um and I, it it's seems to take the like i used agrax earthshade to shade it and um it seems to take the shade really well because sometimes golds they they tend to sort of stain the gold a little bit too much
0: well i think it's hard to get a decent smooth base coat with with most golds isn't it and and when you you might need to do several coats and that's why a lot of people when they were painting they would go i paint the gold brown first then i paint it gold
2: you do yeah i'd always be like gold uh, i don't i've never done that
0: because it just
2: feels wrong um yeah that's what I used to do. I, I always go scorched brown, and then a gold, just yeah. to bring it up. But but yeah, I mean, I I think it's brilliant. The the retributor armor, it, it like I said, it's gone over in one coat, straight over. I didn't even re undercoat the model because I airbrushed it, sort of turquoise, and then mm. just applied the gold paint straight. Over that's
0: quite turquoise. that's quite a strong pigment to go over, isn't it? I mean, like yeah. that like turquoise blue is quite a hard color to cover with gold. Yeah. Um, so what about the liberator gold? If you use that, or uh, the
2: mean? liberator gold? Yeah, I've used a little bit. It's it's it doesn't it doesn't quite tick on my balls like the Retribute Gold. Um, But Mm. I think it's just there solely for sort of like edge highlights because it seems to me very much like um, whenever I do sort of like gold, I'll mix together like Shining Gold or whatever it's called now. It's uh, Genna's Gold. I'd mix that with sort of like the the Valio Air aluminium paint, Mm. uh, 50-50, and then I'd sort of like line highlight, and then eventually I'd just do like a, a line highlight of silver. And I think Liberator Gold is just a mix of, Gold and silver, so it's got that. You don't have to
0: mix it. Maybe it's interesting or not. They've got white lids, am I wrong?
2: They have got white lids, yeah.
0: Whereas most of the other paints have got seafruit lids. Yeah, and they...
2: Liberated Gold also smells of um, alcohol. Mm. So, like... or sort of spirits then yeah but it's uh, obviously
0: not because you wouldn't better use water to wash no, the brush out and stuff, you wouldn't, so. no
2: and um hmm. yeah and no, it, it goes over like again i think if you really wanted to sort of use it as a because it says a, it's a layer paint um i think it would go over in one coat as well i mean i've only used it a little bit just to edge highlight just to see what it looks like
3: yeah
2: uh, but yeah it does it does seem Really good, and to be honest, I can't see me using any other golds other than P3's no. blighted gold because that's
0: yeah, that's a nice colour. It's quite green, but um I mean they've also released a spray of it, haven't they? Retribute armour spray. Um, yeah, and it says. Well, I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't purchased used it. or used it because it's seventeen pound a can. Um, <laughs> but it says <laughs> actually made of like worthless weight and gold. Well, it, well, to be honest, if you pay, you get what you pay for generally. With sprays, if if it's a high, it says it's a high quality pigment to ensure a smooth, consistent, vibrant finish. So maybe it is good. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to recommend something I haven't used. Um, But also, um, I did get a can of black and white, which like they've been rebranded, and they they don't feel the same. I undercoated some stuff with them, and it feels different. Um, The white seems less powdery. um, So Corax white spray, and, and obviously the classic Chaos black. Even yeah. though the pot, paint pot is now called a Baden Black, but they've still kept the Chaos Black
1: for the you spray. You can still so. get Skull White spray. Can you really? Yeah, um, they've okay. got both now. You've got Corax, which is like a grey white, and then you've got Skull White, which is still white white.
0: Oh, okay. Didn't, I didn't know so. that. No. So. Um, mm, fair enough.
1: <clears throat> Unless they've now stopped Skull White since then, because I saw the the new Corax and the Skull White together.
0: Um, maybe they're TV? just some old stock, I'm not I'm, sure. I'm just
1: going to have a quick look on the site, actually, while we're, while we're chatting to so and but, see if they've
0: got... <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about the figure cases. Um, I I mean, they're 85 quid. Um, I, I, I hate the new figure cases from Games Workshop. <laughs> they look like cheap, plastic, brittle. Um, you've got, like, these little metal um ringlets to put the strap on, which look like that won't last five minutes. Um the case is quite bulky, the handle doesn't look very sturdy for what you're carrying. Um yeah. but the biggest thing is what the fuck with the foam. I mean <laughs> I'm looking at the picture and it looks like some sort of like concertina foam. They're like little zigzags and it's like it shows a picture on the website and it's like I buy the corn blood bound case. And it's got the models sort of, like, wedged into the foam. But it's almost like they've gone, I don't want to put them in too far because they might get damaged. So they're all, like, hanging out the top of the foam.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't don't mean to be funny,
0: but if you're trying to show off your figure case, um, you want to show that the models actually fit, don't have their weapons and heads sticking out the top of the foam, and actually are not going to get damaged. And if you're worried about putting them into this, like... I don't know, like, foam vagina fucking um, layers, vagina. yeah, um, then hmm. why are you pushing <laughs> the models in? And, and, like, you know, I mean, if you're not confident to put your studio-painted models in there, then why are you selling this product? I mean, I I don't know what type of, fo- if you get any more foam, because it looks like there's, like a, like, a bucket foam with an insert with the concertina and i think there's probably gonna be some pick and pluck in there yeah but i i can't even see how deep it is in the picture because it looks like it's two layers but it looks like they've they're joined i i don't know i haven't i'm never ever gonna buy one of these so i'm not gonna be able to tell you what i think of it other than i've seen it i've touched one at the Giants Layer, or not Giants Layer, the big venue and it's just fucking laughable um i i Honestly, it, felt really bad at when it, it look just looks really set. fucking yeah. tacky, and and buying it with a big gold symbol on it, yeah, okay, maybe maybe little Jimmy or whatever wants his
1: It is for Jimmy, is hammer that doesn't hammer care about case. his
0: models. Yeah, but uh, the thing is that annoys me is that it's a figure case. It's an expensive case. It should be good at protecting models. If you're going to pay eighty five pounds for the case, just go buy a battle foam case because yeah. they're fucking awesome.
2: I'll definitely buy another bottle phone case after the the little infinity one that I bought.
0: And I they're not it's... cheap, but they are good. And then, yeah. but that Games Workshop case is not cheap. I mean, even Kr Multi case, you know, you can get a cardboard case. It's probably going to protect the models better. It's going to be about half the fucking price. You can customize the foam cut. I mean, come on, come on, GW you know you're, you're world leader of models and then you want you've got your I mean you look at the cases picture from the Stormcast you've got the fucking guys with the angel wings are just like hanging out the top of the foam it's like they're never going to fit in that foam in a million years and you can see they won't I mean whether or not they think oh we don't want to like pluck holes in the foam because obviously it's like you know that means the product can't resell the product but uh, I mean you're advertising it and it doesn't really show it off in a good light does it
2: if it's advertising, you think they'd just have it as a rip-off anyway. Yeah, they just put anyway, right yeah. yeah. And they just put it out anyway.
0: It's just like, uh, really. So you've got the box set contents of models, and it looks like it fills up the entire fucking case, and they don't even protect them properly. So they am not going to pay eighty five quid for that. Fucking eighty five quid. It's cheaper to buy the the starter set and just have replacement models if they get broken, and just chuck them in a fucking <laughs> Tupperware box, wrap them in fucking kitchen roll, and chuck them in a cardboard box. Not that I'd recommend that, but the amount of people, kids, I saw doing that. And but the thing is, like when I was working in, in workshop in the past, the old figure cases, I would say, oh, you should buy a figure case. It's, it, you know, it protects your models. You should spend hundreds of pounds on them, but I would not recommend these. What, what a joke. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to have a rant about that because you know we've got a reputation to uphold. <laughs> Um, yeah, and this show you I've got a feeling it's going to be probably overly positive, and and people are probably expecting a big rage quit. But well, uh, oh, well, should we
1: should we just move on to the Dice Cup quickly then?
0: Oh well, that's that's this week's pre-orders, so that's exactly where we want to go. So um, pre-orders went up Saturday, didn't they? But it did. Just a quick note on the pre-orders. In the past, pre-orders went up like the Friday night, and I know that there has been some complaints from store managers about it because obviously they. That people can't come into the store and pre-order because they just, they're all sold out on the website. I mean, this happened with the end times. The products were sold out before Saturday morning opening time, so it's like, well, we can't pre-order and get any store money. So I think what they've done now is it went up at, like, 10am on Saturday morning.
1: Yeah. Well, it did go up Friday night for a bit. Uh,
0: only the book. And then it, and it, gone it went back down straight again. down again. And it was up on New Zealand, but obviously that's because of the time difference.
1: Yeah.
0: So, let's look at the, what we've got this week. So we have... That's for pre-order, the Warhammer Age of Sigmar book. So, okay, and the limited edition mm-hmm. book. Um, we will talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about the the accessories I think first because it's quite funny. So, <laughs> the corn bloodbound dice shaker and the Stormcast Eternals dice shaker. So quite cool. Do you yeah. think?
2: Not 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 twenty five quid cool. But They're they cool different? for a tenner. Yeah. If they were 10 I'd probably buy one. In fact, if they, if they, were, 15 they were a tenor, quid, they
1: would fly off, wouldn't they? F- Fifteen, yeah. I think. There's, That's the middle ground. Fifteen, they'd fly out. Fifteen,
2: I'd buy one just for shits and giggles and not be able to use the dice but, because they always put symbols on ones instead of sixes, don't they, Workshop?
0: Yeah, but they look nice, don't they? Yeah, I just never use them gold, still because someone would
2: just kick her. off at you, wouldn't they?
1: Uh, I personally hate dice cups, but... <laughs> that's why I
2: get it because I, I find there's nothing more annoying than someone using a dice cup when I'm playing them, so I figured I'd be that wanker then.
0: But... yeah. I don't mind dice cups. I, I, I What annoys me more is when people drop like half-ass half roll of dice out of their hand. Um, I don't like special. dice towers. And if you don't know what a dice tower is, don't don't even look at it because if you get one, you're a cunt. Um, I honestly, mm. I think they are really cool. I think they look awesome. They do I like look Like a cool. little brass little thing. The dice are nice. They look good quality. Um the Stormcast Eternals one looks really nice. It's got like that hammer on it, it's in like that, that kind of different shape. It's like it's it's like an oval shape. Yeah. The dice are quite cool, nice blue and gold and quite, the the symbols and, and numbers look clear on the dice because they're not like weird marble effects, you know, unclear dice like some of the other limit edition dice they've released. Twenty five pounds, it's a bit expensive. Um not the worst thing that they released I, this month. I don't think it's, I think that is, 20 quid would have been expensive but passable. 25? Yeah, that's a bit much. But, very cool. If you've got a load of money and you don't give a shit, then, you know, they may, make quite a nice present as well, but they're a bit expensive for a present. So, let's talk about the other gaming accessory. The combat gauge! <laughs> the combat <laughs> no, gauge! Don't. Now this, this! This I isn't limited edition, so... I hate this. So the Combat Gauge comes on a fit cord. Basically, this is not a limited edition product. This is something that you can buy all the time by the looks of it. It doesn't look like it's while stocks last.
1: Are the caps while stocks last? Yes,
0: they are, yeah. So you'll be able to get them in about a year. So, ready? Yeah, I can't see him selling it, can I? (laughs) You'd be surprised, mate. Yeah. So the Combat Gauge. Um, So this is basically a brass pendant. Uh, to go around your neck or with it a magnetic clasp so you can wear this out you know if you're going out of the town on the got, pool you got your yeah you're on the pool and you think I can wear this really weird um sort of symbol thing with runes on it round my neck and it's going to make me look a little bit edgy it's a 3 um, markers whilst and and there's exactly, that so you can girl. measure your clock yeah. Yeah, um, be like this is so it's bigger than three inches. It's definitely bigger because it's just poking over the edge of this. Yeah. Um it's got like a weird little moon like hole in it. I What's don't, that for? don't know what that's for. Maybe that's for measuring your drop sign? Yeah, possibly. Maybe that's the um maybe that's for the width. <laughs> the
3: girth.
0: The girth of <laughs> the girth of gauge. So this basically has a, a two inch side, a one inch side and a three inch side. Now, All of my needs. Mostly, yeah, exactly. So I will tell you now that actually very useful to have this kind of gauge for the gaming side of things, but not so useful to have it as a fashion accessory. Um, I, I mean, I think this is quite cruel by Games Workshop because there are going to be kids out there that, you know, I mean, most kids that do Games Workshop Hobby are not the coolest in the world. And they probably think, wow, this They're is so cool. They're probably already getting picked on. They're probably <laughs> already getting bullied. Now, to go into school with your Age of Sigmar combat gauge around your neck,
1: <laughs> you're just
0: asking to get fucking, Shit fucking beaten idiot. up and your pocket money stolen. So if you're thinking about buying this for your child, don't let them wear it. In fact I would Ever. take the cord away so they can't wear it. In fact you need to go to
2: social services if you,
0: even if you think about wearing it if you're trying. But a little sick part of me wants to buy one so I can wear it out to tournaments. <laughs> I,
1: I want to wear it to the first age of sigma tournament around my neck and be like yeah. you got Just one of these? like every time
0: every time like even maybe even like wear like a shirt and unbutton it so it's showing through your hairy chest and just yeah. be like let me just measure this combat and so like, reach in or sigma to, like, medallion. Pressing your chest as you pull out your da- medallion um anyway <laughs> so this is 20 quid and it handily tells you what three inches looks like cool um i hope that it looks like it's brass i hope it'll that is actually made out of brass and not plastic it'll be plastic yeah i think it's plastic looking at the the action shot with the guy who's using it against his like Measuring between two models to say that's three inches. Yeah. If it was brass, um, I still wouldn't pay 20 quid for it. But if it's plastic, they can. Well, so I wouldn't pay 20
2: quid
1: for
0: it. Well, I don't know. It, it, does says... it
1: Does it? It just says it's got magnetic glass. Oh no, it says
0: hewn from metal. There you go. He- uh, yeah. Hewn from metal, whatever hewn means. Like they've but like they've used an axe to cut it out of the metal sheet. Like, <laughs> this is one of the things that Games Workshop has fucking me off recently. And it's like, <laughs> they can't just say. It's made of metal. It has to be hewn from metal. It's like, you know, it, it's it says it doesn't say the perfect tool for quickly and easy <laughs> measuring the space between models. It says models locked in bitter combat. It's like, why is everything got to have a descriptive fucking um, even the letter they sent us? I mean, it's like, come on, it, it's just fantastical new landscape, start of epic realm-splitting story. It's like, come They'd on, just, quite well just fucking, I well. mean, where do they get these people? I mean, this is why <laughs> Gal Thorpe gets allowed to write books, because they think, oh, he, he can come up with these bullshit descriptive phases, so he must be good at writing storybooks. Eh, eh, no, it's not true. Um, look, if you're, this is the other thing about White Dwarf. It's like, I, I bought White Dwarf, because, well, technically you bought it and delivered it to me. Yeah. But so don't um, fucking start. Panda's got
2: nothing. Fucking is <laughs> it,
0: Chris. But, you know, White Dwarf... I read Get White Dwarf, and I want to know about the product, but I literally have to skim-read the paragraphs to get past the descriptive text and in amongst the descriptions of, you know, ear-splitting combat and, and battle-ready hammers... and heroes. ...celestial bolts of Stormcast and all... It's like... like strike marines. I, <laughs> <laughs> Drop Pod and, and Laz <laughs> Cannons. Um, honestly... Can can you do what you used to do? Have a bit of fluff, which I won't read, and then have a, like, a little description that isn't fluff? Tell me what the actual product is. I don't need I to s- know that it can jump,
2: build in a single bang. I mean,
0: I am I am sort of just reading the combat gauge, and it does have a little paragraph afterwards, and it goes, the combat gauge comes on a thick cord with magnetic clasps. Can we okay. run away from the gaming table as a unique accessory? So it doesn't really the tell me what it accessory. is. So um, I'm surprised that doesn't say... This this could be this talisman of warding could be won in your because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you never know where battle might break out. <laughs> I
2: don't... This will ward away. Do you imagine like, getting into a into fight women?
0: Getting into a fight and going, um, um let me just get my combat ga- I'm sorry, you're not within three. You can't pile in and you can't punch me in the face. No, you're breaking the rules. Why am I being punched in the face? <laughs> my combat gauge Um <laughs> Um,
2: oh dear, but yeah, with, with I, that persona, that's the scary. But bit. the
0: thing is, part of me wants it. I, I actually think I have a problem. You do. Part of me wants all those free products. I want the dice. I want the gauge. I want to. I want to wear it like a fucking badge.
1: <laughs> Should we all wear one to the next yeah. event we go to? The sixty yeah.
0: quid, dude. I'm
1: yes it's up. worth it this well totally how about I'll write a letter to GW and see if we so can we get a free, free, one free ones. If they, if they give me a free one I'll sell it on eBay yeah <laughs> That's and nobody
0: stuff. will buy it yeah
1: for a <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> nobody <laughs> will buy it
1: we you need one try. I wonder if Byron's getting them we can we can get them from Byron
0: well maybe we can get some discount and speaking of discount elementgames.co.uk for all your wargaming gaming you needs so I'm going to my like sales voice um any of your um, Stormcast Eternal bent models you want to buy, which we'll talk about later, okay. um, you can pre-order from Byron and you'll get some nice discount and a good customer service and maybe some free sweets. And to be honest, you need the
2: discount looking at the cost of
0: Lord Celestant. <laughs> so that bring <laughs> yes. brings us nicely on to Lord Celestant. Uh, uh, this,
1: this saddened me when I saw it. Well, I think
0: the model's quite cool.
1: The model is great. It's painted terribly. It
0: though is awfully cool. painted.
1: Isn't yeah,
0: it? I mean, I, I, I actually want to buy one to paint it so I can say, look, it's not a shit model. Look,
2: <laughs> I, I don't because it's well, I do because he's bent, but I. <laughs> but but I, mate, that's, you're going to well, buy one? Of course, yeah, of course, I am. He's bent, but it's like at twenty quid, it's going to hurt me. He's the buy.
0: same price as a combat gauge. That is a bargain.
2: Yeah, he's... yeah, <laughs> that. that when you look at
0: it like that, yeah, then you
2: use a bargain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's how Games Workshop pricing works. Like you compare it to other Games Workshop overpriced products and you think, that's a bargain. Yeah, because they were like... Yeah. Um, okay, so a single model, £20. No. Yes. Yes, you're going to
2: buy it, or no, it. you do Yeah, I'll, bu- I'll buy it. I don't agree with the cost of it. See, but if you don't agree, but
1: you're still going to buy it. Sammy's bent. You get like a box set of models like, you get like ten men in a box for twenty quid, or you yeah, get eight. one bro, and he shoot that fucking stupid hammer
2: shit and fucking kill Russ's lord from miles away.
0: Well, you won't, because I'm not going to be playing with this stupid chaos. But
1: oh, it's, uh, so interestingly, no, it's does he come? Much.
0: Does he come with a battle scroll? He's in a little slap pack. So where, where is it? On the back of the. It's the... In Water Warfare. Yeah, but it should come with a model, shouldn't it? It should. Somebody so would the battle scroll be on the back of... Inside the like, like little card insert?
1: It's inside the little insert, isn't it?
0: Probably. Probably it think. folds out. That's Maybe. that's an interesting part. Um, I... You know... I mean, this this is the other thing, right? You've got, you've got a picture of the model. Okay? This multi-part plastic kit can use everything you need in order to build one majestic, impressive Lord Celestin. So why don't you just put Lord Celestin, because I'll make my mind up whether it's majestic and impressive... <laughs> um, standing atop a rock in heroic pose well I can see a fucking picture so I don't really need to read that do I wielding his sig- sigmarite warhammer clad in heavy armour and a magical sigmarite warcloak clo- war I can see a picture of the model why are you describing what the model looks like where well, I can fucking see it if I was blind I couldn't <laughs> read this bullshit writing anyway so it doesn't make any fucking oh, difference does I'm it? so angry it's just, it just. Honestly, is it just? Who do they employ to write this? I mean, it's some derpy guy. Just go. I'm. Um, I'm going to write about this model. Um, oh, he's majestic and impressive. I uh, don't tell me what you think. Oh, ah, uh, it's, let's it's, let's get a thesaurus catho- out and use words that just that are cool that aren't. Uh, um, exceptionally cool. gifted warriors who ride into battle on blazing fields of Azraelite. Oh,
2: on they're respected
0: pots. for their tenacity and battle skills. Oh. it's like I I don't mind that. That's fluff about the model, but don't don't use descriptive text about a model that is a fucking picture of it. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, so a bit of profanity there for those people who are religious. Man, you, hate so, so,
2: you hate so much at the moment. I
0: I it just annoys me. It's like, come on, I'm not twelve. And even a 12-year-old would see through that, most of them, oh, maybe. No. I don't know. So let's talk about the Stormcast Liberators. So these are the guys you get in the box game. Yeah. Um. So they come with more options, obviously. Um. So you can give them, like, double-handed swords. You can give them, like, a sword in each hand, hammer in each hand, sword and a shield, hammer and a shield. Quite cool. A lot of options. Quite a complicated kit. I mean, like, the chest is 2 part. The legs are two part. The arms are separate. The shoulder pads are separate. You know, they're, they're yeah. actually like quite a detailed kit. You know, like a full on. Well, it's got to be for the price. But do they look much better than the normal ones you get in the starter set? No. How much was the starter set? Seventy five. Was I it believe. from Byron? Sixty something.
1: It's like what yeah. you were saying yesterday, wasn't it? Why don't you just buy? You just buy another starter set? set
0: because you get ten of them. And you get the a guy on a dragon, race. and you get um, you know the free angel dudes, and you get the free hammer time dudes, and you get a chaos army, and you get the chaos stuff, you can put and you get another rule book in and, case you lose your first one. Well, the, the, you what, your four page cardboard cow. You can download free. But, but what, yeah, I mean, obviously the box will come with a transfer sheet, which. You know, uh, that was so funny on friday night <laughs> can we just stop and discuss that quickly we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about what we did friday night yeah. we'll oh. sorry so liberators um 30 quid five models look, look like cool. terminators not bad and to be honest 30 quid for a unit it's kind of standard games which are pricing um yeah. you know like look at which else and like that so yeah a little yeah, bit pricey, but, pricing, but yeah but they're they're not the same they're not, and they're not as good no and they're not as big um I mean, yeah, so... And then let's just talk about the book quickly. Um, so, the book. What What is this book? It's £45 hardback. A comprehensive guide to the Age of Sigma. It's a must-have purchase. So they're basically saying it, you must have it for all fans of Warhammer. But it doesn't actually say why. It's a 264-page hardback book with artwork, background and stories... Behind each of the warmer age of signal realms and factions and beautiful midges, miniatures showcasing detailing the incredible new range of models in the full glory so this is basically going to be here's all your factions here's the realms here's all the fluff here's what what's going on but also this it says it contains the first part of ongoing narrative the realm gate wars scenarios rules and backgrounds for setting your games within the realms so, I honestly think this is going to have a more expanded rule set in it. I know that's not what has been said or what people think. Obviously, we haven't seen what's inside the book. Um, and this is going to carry the story forward. So I think the format of Age of Sigmar is going to be, you got your start set, starts the story, book comes out, expands the story, adds a new load of raw scrolls in there. And there is a picture of some, and one of them is of a treeman which is a bit weird because they've already got that rule out there. So maybe, you know, that's... It's, they're going to be updating the war scrolls of the newer kits going forward. Who knows? Um, so choose your faction, dive in. So and it's got some scenarios. So the scenarios might be a fixing element to the game. Then I, I honestly, honestly believe that that this book is going to be an important purchase. Well, but we don't know can, enough about it.
1: Really. Can you remember like the original? Um, like, sort of, everyone was like, oh yeah, fantasy's changing into this. There's going to be the Age of Sigma, then there's going to be Age of Steel, and then like the Age of War, or whatever it was. And the game's going to get bigger and bigger. So it's going to be a starter game, then a bigger game, and then it's going to be the full army game at the end. Mm. That's still viable. Yeah. That still sounds like that could be the actual plan.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, they obviously, Games which we've got a plan, they've got a long term goal for this. Now, I'll just touch on this a little bit. I've heard a lot of things on the interwebs about people raging and going, Games Workshop don't care. And even you said you went into a Games Workshop, didn't you, Les? We're not going to name the store because the guy might get in trouble if anyone in GW listens to it. Um, But he basically said that they've intentionally done what they've done to fuck all the tournament gamers off and book a big middle finger up to them. Yeah. Bullshit absolute bullshit because why would you isolate even if it's only one percent of your customer base why would you do it games Workshop but not a petty enough company people might think they are but they really aren't and i think it's funny when you get people saying oh they don't care they really care about this product I, they've put so much effort into this and if you are oh, this it's just really easy it's not much effort no i'm sorry they've they've they are literally throwing everything behind this, so it's not a flash in the pan. And I can't believe it's going to be a Lord of the Rings equivalent. It, it's that this is going to be their flagship game. This is going to be the game they want everyone playing. Um, I honestly believe that that this is it's a little bit of an experiment as well, but I believe they are really pushing everything behind this. So, uh, I mean, this is a little bit my opinion, but say that Games Workshop don't care. Yeah. That's bullshit
1: because... I, I saw something awesome on Facebook um, yesterday. A guy had a barbecue or something in the garden and set fire to all his fancy armies.
0: Yeah, that was that douchebag. <laughs> um, dark half army that you set on fire, What is it? it? Death, holy death, whatever he calls yeah, himself. Yeah, there was a zombie
1: but, army as well that I saw, like an uh, undead army, set fire to all on a barbecue.
0: It was done by the Escapist magazine God. article and I think it's one of those things just to get views. It's clickbait, isn't it? That's yeah, what it it's is. basically is what it is. And, and like to be honest... If you want to burn all your models in rage quit, it doesn't bother me. Fine, don't play anymore. I mean, you you literally set fire to probably about eight hundred to four thousand dollars worth of models. Well done. Yeah. You could have sold all of that, um, but you know you thought you'd make a little internet video um, and burn it. Well done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people rage quitting. And I was chatting to a friend of mine, um, Dan, earlier today. But basically, I just think that you. It's too early. I mean, the people rage quitting before the game came out. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> most things. I remember when seventh to eighth changed, and you gotta think, the change between seventh and eighth wasn't massive. It was, but it wasn't as big as this. This is like this is like epic change. Um and people still rage quit. I mean the whole Australian tournament scene quit and played War Machine. I mean, all the top like sort of twenty odd players at the Australian scene quit overnight. And it looks like that's happening again. They've done
1: it again, haven't they? Yeah,
0: exactly. But I know it's going to happen. Once the game beds in, it's like, everyone will come crawling back. Because it's the hot girl.
1: It's that hot girl again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but they've... Anyway, the books go up for pre-order. The hardback limited edition books gone up for pre-order. Um, this looks really nice. It's in a slipcase. It's gold leaf. It's got a bookmark. I haven't bought this. I bought all the limited edition end times books. Um i i don't know why i didn't buy it I, I just decided that i don't need i don't need it it might be a nicer read but i've not bought but, it yet because i just want to wait and see what happens i've ordered mine through byron because it's 35 pounds so on element games it's 35 quid um you could pre-order it now It'll, you'll probably get it on saturday disclaimer that's not guaranteed but they post it out friday and i normally get my stuff on the saturday yeah. um i honestly you i'm I'm going to buy that book. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be able to resist it even when it comes out. I will buy it because I want to know what's happening with the story. I want to know what's happened to the world. And this book has got all that information in it. And even if it doesn't have expansive rules, it's an essential purchase. I mean, they even say it. I know you say it in the description. But if you're playing Warhammer Age of Sigmar, you need this book. You, yeah. you you just got to buy it. It's, I think, the quality of their publications is fantastic. I mean, you know content of bullshit descriptive text aside the actual artwork is gorgeous the finish the feel the actual quality is is amazing
2: i mean your limited edition end times books are something else they are just the arkeon one was amazing amazing.
0: like even the just the art book that comes in and i love i love the prints which some of them i want to get framed and put up in my hobby room um you know there's a really cool there's a really cool sort of artwork prints, which is like Malekith walking into the fucking, um, the, the, the fucking thing where the sword is and stuff, but yeah, excuse my lack of knowledge of fluff there on the elves. Is that the fucking...
2: Blighted Isle and uh, Widowmaker?
0: <clears throat> yeah, or oh, the Sword of Cain, whatever it is, or maybe that's what Tyrion that's what it, had. That's what
1: Tyrion blagged, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, it's dead, it's gone, don't matter. Yeah, don't matter. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> start from scratch. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort of talking about new releases. So we'll just quickly talk about what happened on Friday. So you, you come over, didn't you? And and we built stuff, and then we played games yesterday. So I think what we'll do is we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll actually go through the box and review the box, talk about the contents. We'll find out all about that transfer sheet, um, and we can talk about the miniatures and, and stuff yeah. like that. And we'll talk through the actual gaming, because so we played through the scenario start to finish. Um yeah, so we're would basically we going to focus on one product, which is the Age of Sigmar box after yep. the break. And we're back from the break, and uh, we're going to talk about the box set and the contents. So, um, yeah, in the box, it contains a load of models, a book, a four-piece card rule set, a transfer sheet, it's very important. Um I said you're talk about the transfer sheet, Terry? I know you're dying to talk about I, this.
1: I, I just love this, right? It's it's like on the outside of the contents of the box, like build as like an important transfer sheet. Like it's going to be epic. I couldn't find it originally because it was underneath the little pack of dice. <laughs> and when I say little pack of dice, I mean 12, like, 12, don't you? 12 small dice. The transfer sheet was probably, what, three inches by two inches?
0: If that, smaller than that, it's, I think. It's You need time. your oh, hang on, to check it. If it was a combat two, gauge, we could just I use know. that.
1: I know. See, GW had a plan all along.
0: So they could have made the transfer sheet the size of the combat gauge?
1: Yeah. It, it's, um, yeah. I, I don't think you need to list the transfer sheet as box contents when it's that irrelevant and small.
0: Did we get two transfer sheets in the box no. or one? 'Cause on the picture there's two.
1: No, there's just one. There's that little Yeah the little on, one with the lightning bolts on it.
0: The picture on the website has got two overlapping each other. Oof. Oh, I've been short short changed to that transfer sheet.
1: We've been done on the transfer sheet. <laughs> Damn you it. Are. Maybe there's maybe there was no. meant to be two in there then. No, there's any, it
2: says there's one. Only one there's only one in my box. It,
0: it says um a false advertising. we should complain. Yeah. On our free. No, it says two Stormcast Eternal Transfer Sheets. Two. A pack of 12 dice, two rangers, two Stormcast Eternal Transfer Sheets.
1: Yeah, it shows two in the picture.
0: Oh, maybe we didn't. I don't know. Oh, Miss Pack. Firing up that email uh, tomorrow. eh? Take back our free copy. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting one. Anyway, a bit of a sidetrack. Yeah so let's just talk a little bit about the content so you get the four page rules on card which is quite nice as a reference sheet for gaming um i would have preferred it if the sheets were separate rather than folded
2: yeah yeah Um, also it'd be nice to have had the like the war scrolls in the same sort of card that's exactly
0: what i was going to get to is that the the book the book is is quite nice there's a lot of fluff nice artwork got the scenarios in there it's got story it's big pictures some paint schemes some paint guides um and the war scrolls now as les just said actually playing games with the models is a bit awkward because you want to find the rules you've got to keep fucking backwards and forwards through the book so why why weren't they card little card printouts not a4 maybe a5 size you can still have it in the book, but just reference reference cards. Do you know was like I said in the previous show, if you had the cards you can just lay them out on the table and it's 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 make the game flow a lot quicker.
1: Yeah.
2: I think so they're if, missing a the trick with that, to be honest. It does yeah. seem a little bit clunky, sort of like go keep going back to the I mean, obviously the rules aren't that in depth anyway, but you still you, want to double check your play special in it, rules. don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's like if I said to you then, what does a um, I don't know what they're called, Retributor, hit on in close combat.
2: Well, the Retributor, the, the lightning Hammer guys? The angel. angel uh, guys. The angel guys, in close combat, hits on fours wins on threes?
0: No, it's threes and threes. Okay. So it's like, but like I say, like you have to learn, like it's almost like you have to learn all the stat lines. I mean, I know, we look, if we go back to the previous edition, yeah, you had to flip for an army book and learn the stat lines anyway. But I always thought that was quite a big barrier to the game. And it but there's a up reference
1: the with all the stats on one there page.
0: in the back, yeah. yeah. So, the, this is the only thing about the War Scroll mechanic. I mean, we're going to talk about rules later, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, actually. Um, but in terms of the box game, for a starter box game, I'd rather... Because this is aimed at beginners. It's aimed at people who are just going to buy this game and try the game out. Why aren't there references for the stats of all the models in an easy place to have? Because if you're playing someone... And you've got to keep well uh, uh, what do you need to hit? I'll get my book. All right, I need this. What do you need? Oh, um I'll go to your men and find out. You've got one person who's almost looking up all the rules. Yeah. yeah it's very difficult to sort of like share the book between the two of you and do you know what I mean? Like it just didn't feel very beginner friendly. Yeah. Um so I I don't know. But the book's really nice, don't get me wrong, I really like the book. It's ninety six pages. Really nice. Actually, quite a nice quality softback um, in the book, and actually, I wasn't expecting that in there. It's kind of like a full rule book, but it's it's a nice size as well. It's like a proper size. It's not A5. It's a full rule book. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it just didn't didn't make sense to me. It's like, yeah. well, why, you know? Um. I mean, yeah. Anyway. So that's it, 12 dice, standard white D6, no scatter artillery dice, They're, they are gone. Um, but For now. You know, for fantasy anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we started
1: building the models, um, and straight away we had a good laugh that the instruction booklet to build the models <laughs> was 33 pages, and the uh, rules yeah. of the game was 4.
0: Yeah, and this is another point about, um, if you think about it from a beginner point of view, you've got... Um, you've got complicated models um to build so you've obviously got this 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 black and white a4 instruction book which is you need Those to have instructions models are hard to, to, build. How to build them but there's like 30 like you say like the the rule the actual the, the instructions to build the models is about five times the length of the rules to play the game I think there's 33 steps in in the book. Probably about twenty pages. Um, I,
1: yeah, and that that doesn't make a lot of sense. That you know, obviously the twin. It's so simple to if play this, the game. If but this then... is a beginner's game. Those models are not for beginners.
0: No, and and let's just talk about the the models to build the models. So, um, I built the corn stuff, and you built the Stormcast Eternal dude. So, yeah. um, what I think I'll probably do is just go through each unit. And talk about what we thought of the models and how easy they were to build and, and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm gonna, just, I'll, I'll start on the corn guys, I think, and then you can go on the stormcast. So um, the first model I built was the Chaos Lord because you always build the coolest model first. That's the easiest way to get motivated to build the bog standard dudes. <laughs> um, really like this kit. Um, it wasn't, I didn't find it overly complicated to go together because it was quite obvious. Um, it was a little bit fiddly. He's got like a hand with a chain that goes to the dog's neck. That was a little bit fiddly um, to glue. It wasn't apparently obvious where that went in. And also, uh, the way his chest slots in, it didn't want to fit. And same with the dog's got like a bit with his tongue that goes underneath with the collar. You almost have to like slide it in and sideways and pop it in because it's such a tight fit. Um, But, incredible model. Like, Mm. the mold lines are non existent. I mean, even, like, I barely had to scrape any mould lines. Um, when you glue it together, all the seam lines are hidden, um, you know, apart from, like, down the weapon haft and things like that, which is basically the main air focal points you've got to do. Um, absolutely beautiful model. Uh, really, really good. I mean, if this was sold individually, you'd be looking at 20, 20, 20 quid as a plastic clamp pack, uh, probably more looking at that. Mm, sort of that's
1: 25, yeah. 30 maybe. maybe. Um maybe.
0: And it is as good quality as that. It's not a starter set model. It's not a clip model. It's not a, a dumbed down quality model. It's a, it is a the character model. That model, that sprue. So the sprue that's got him on it, um, the Corn Warriors, and the I think it's got the BSB on it. Um, those sprues. There's like basically there's a couple of sprues. One with the the standard guys, which are a bit basic, a, a bit worse. But I'll get onto that anyway. Um, so anyway, he was really cool then i built the bsb now the bsb um the he was okay to build i don't like the head just the sculpt really um the the t- ponytail bit was really awkward i i don't quite understand it's in like three pieces and it, it doesn't it's a bit awkward to glue it um when you try and glue the banner on it it it's quite top heavy there's a very small contact points so when you're using plastic glue it it it's very, you've got to kind of always hold it upright until it dries because it's very heavy. It did um, look
2: a bit fiddly when I was looking at it yesterday. When I, I got over to yours, it, it did seem, I said to you, like, I think I even mentioned about the, the, the ponytail, didn't I? I was like, yeah, that looks insane.
0: So, as well, it's not apparently obvious which way it goes and things like that. So, you've got to be a little bit careful when you glue it on. Um, and I, I sort of had the, the banner as well, the chain off the bottom of the banner, it's very close to his face. so if you glue the banner arm on first and then try and do the head, it, it kind of inter- can interfere if it on how accurate you were when you glued the banner arm on. Because if it's droop slightly or it's slightly at a different angle, because when you put plastic glue on it, does soften up a bit and you do get a bit of play um, if it was too close to the head. And probably the worst part of this model was the collar. So he has this collar around his neck, and that just didn't seem obvious how it fit on the model at all. Um, it, but it's it's a nice model. Don't get me wrong, it's a cool model. Um, I would probably head swap it if I was doing my own, because I don't like the head, I don't like the ponytail. I would rather use, like, a Juggernaut head, like one of the Juggernaut riders' heads, so he looks like a corn Warrior, rather than the... you know, that that derpy face. I don't really like it.
2: Derpy Mad Max style face, isn't it, I suppose?
0: Yeah. It, it's okay, um, but I quite... I, yeah, not, not for me, really. Um... Now the Bloodstoker dude, the guy with the whip. Now my ours was actually broken because the there looks like there's a moulding weakness in the torture blade, which is this like trident thing. Is actually looks like the do you know when you get when you're moulding it, it like pops off and you see like a little like looks like a little pin and socket joint. It looks like a little nipple yeah. type pin. Yeah, thing. that that's generally due to a weakness in the moulding. Um, so basically, I think that's what that's going to be quite common so what I would say is when you get your box set if you're going to buy or get your box set open, it's just quickly check this sprue for this bit, if it's damaged look in the box, because ours was lying in the bottom of the box, it'd be quite easy to lose and he'd end up with a little stumpy fork rather than quite the sort of impressive barbed sort of long bit um, this model's quite easy to build I'm not a fan of it, I don't I don't like the fact he's like fat and, and a bit like looks quite nergly but he's not, and the The ponytail that comes off the back of his head, I I really don't like it. I'm not a fan of the way it's moving because it it doesn't look very natural. It's quite thick. Um, It just doesn't look, I don't know, I'm not a fan of it.
2: Um, I I was a bit sort of underwhelmed by it, I think, when when I was looking at them yesterday, sort of like around the table and stuff, I thought initially the picture, the paint job of it, like from the pictures I've seen, looked quite cool, but I never really looked at it. And I think whilst it's sculpted really well, and it looks like it could be a corn model. I think it's just like uh, the aesthetics of it doesn't doesn't really. I don't get it. Like you say, it just it looks like it should be a Nurgle model, really. I think mm. rather than a corn guy.
0: I mean, he is. I mean, he has got like the corn symbol in his all over him. He's got it on his shoes on his on the end of his whip or his his head is a corn symbol. His he's got it on the torture blade. Is actually a corn symbol. Yeah, but um, I can
2: imagine, like if you're fighting for the blood god and you're, you're <clears> you live for battle, you'd shed that fat quite quick, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, or you die.
0: Yeah, so. or maybe, well, maybe it's... Um, I don't know. I don't quite understand why they went for Big Fat Torturer. But, you know, anyhow. I think it maybe it was uh, just to make him look a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so, then the Korgroff beast thing. Really nice to build. Um, this is, is a beautiful model. I'm not a fat... Well, the head... It's a bit weird, because it's like a tiny little head, um, but it is actually a really nice figure, um, I really like it, it's cool, um, it was not fun to build, it wasn't too bad, it wasn't too complicated, um, that was quite easy to build, um, now, the corn Warrior dudes, these are fantastic models, now, what I mean is, they are absolutely beautiful, um, building wise really complicated um, it's not apparently obvious which goes with what so you've got to follow the instructions which isn't a massive issue but and they're quite there's quite a lot of like dangly bits which are quite fragile so like one of them's got like a chin beard which is quite fragile um, you've got a lot of spikes which are fragile um, you've got like head spikes which are coming off the top of their sort of crests you've got their gauntlets which have' got these spike arms as well. Yeah. This this could be really easy when you're clipping these off to break them and damage them, and the same with the whip dude with his whip because it's all quite fragile and delicate. There's a lot of delicate parts, um, so obviously you need to buy an eighty-five pound figure case to mash them into the foam vagina <laughs> to break them. But um, <laughs> I, I, um, the the five Corn warriors are probably my favourite models in the kit. Um, they are they are beautiful. I love them. I think they're really really nice look very cornate they look like chaos warriors um i'll talk about the rules later um <laughs> but um i i do actually think they're really nice um then the marauders now the marauders these obviously were on a sprue with i think the hand weapon shield um eternal guys they didn't seem as nicely cast they they had more mold line and they were simpler um they weren't as complicated i understand why there's 20 of them um, the command bits are actually on the other sprue, so the focal bits are actually on the, um, the sprue with the corn dude the, um, the warrior's on. Um, quite fun to build, um, nice models, but again, they're a bit more straightforward, but, you know, not, not really easy. Um, but that's basically the corn stuff. Yeah, I mean, we finished building, we did a lot Friday night, and then we got up in the morning and we finished by about midday, basically, so it took us a fair amount of time between two of us to build this kit, um... Which, you know, which we'll talk to in a little bit, but if Terry, you'll just go through the Stormcast Eternal New Kid on the Block
1: models. Yeah, so I started with the Dragon Rider Cat Beast thing. Um, I cut all of the pieces for him off, put them in a little pile, and then said, yep, yeah, that one's done. Um, he is so overly complicated to yeah. build. You really have to follow the instructions for him. That it goes together in a manner that you would not imagine it to go together in. The beast is like two halves, but no middle. The top guy is like a he links into it in certain ways, and his legs
2: like, are part of this sort of like
1: one bit. leg is on one half the body, one leg is on the other half. They don't properly line up with him. Um, it was a bit of a faff to build this, like for a for a starter a set beginner model he is not a beginner sort of model.
2: No, it's like, a bit awkward. I mean, I built mine, um, last night and just getting them to sort of fit together with sort of like the underbelly of like the dragon thing. Yeah. And just to get the, the leg joints to, you know, to, to line up and stuff, um, without there being like, like a step in the model or like a gate. Yeah. Hole.
1: He, I'd say he's probably a bit complicated for a star set model like it's an awesome model it's absolutely amazing it's just a bit too a bit too complicated for a starter model i think yeah um,
0: but I, I mean it does depend on what games Workshop are aiming They're sat doesn't does it think?
1: have an, like an age thing on the box like recommended for like
0: it's eight very, and up or very something good question um uh, I can't
1: I, see... There's nothing on the website in the description for
0: it. I imagine it would say 12 and up, because that's their standard. I do have a copy here, but it doesn't mean we have to get up and get it, so maybe I'll have a look and <laughs> yeah, come doesn't, back to
1: it. Yeah, it doesn't say. Um, for 12 and up, that's probably okay, but yeah. like I, I just sort of think back to Black Reach and Island of Blood, where everything literally was snapped
0: together. Yeah, and I think that's the...
1: This, this is a whole new ballgame. That's,
0: that's the th- criticism I've got with it, is that if you wanted to get playing and get going. Yeah, you're, you're put, not
1: building this. I mean, we took a while hours. cleaning and putting the models yeah. together like to a very sort of good standard. If you slap these together as quick as possible, you're still not playing for a few hours.
0: I think it's at least four hours. If, yeah. Even if you're not cleaning up the mold lines, you're just clipping them off and gluing them together.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of models. Um, so after him, I built the, the BSB style sort of guy. He is a brilliant model. He went together super easy. Um,
0: I love this model.
1: He he is a very starter set model. He's like three or four pieces. He's a whole body. You stick his arm on. You stick his other arm on. Then you stick his chest and his head in or something. He, he was mm. he was he was a good one. Then I built one floaty angel. I built like the champion of the flying angel things first.
0: Yeah. And this this broke me. Prosecutor prime or whatever they call. Yeah. Them
1: he his wings just did not want to stay in any sort of position like the two bits that glue together are like a tiny little ball joint and then like a little hump that goes into that ball joint two of them that are fucking tiny
0: isn't the crest on his helmet part of the wing though
1: that's on a different one
0: right okay
1: so that was on the other two that are identical his wing attaches to his head as well as his back this one didn't Okay. and i i put the plastic glue in the two little divot bits i pushed the wings together uh held it for a while uh let go and they just flopped apart and then I had to hold it for probably ten fifteen
0: minutes for it to just sort of be stable like I mean, the
1: contact points were so small it just would not stay
0: i think maybe what you should have done is glued it to the back of the body first
1: what glued one of the wings to the back yeah, of the body
0: and then it would have been it would have been more of a contact area but
1: but the the wing joint that the second wing that attaches to the main wing would have still had the same problem that Mm. this getting the wing on the model was not the issue. It was getting the two wings to stay together because the contact points are just so small. And obviously, like you said, the glue heat sort of heats the plastic in a way that it sort of softens and it, it, yeah, it, it just flopped all over the place. And I just got really annoyed with it. Because I wanted it to go together properly.
0: But what you needed really is a pork pie to hold it
1: together yeah, so while it
0: dries. What we had
1: next was the pie of Sigma. <laughs> so while the wings were drying, I propped them into the little slot on the top of a pork pie so that the wings would rest. And basically the pie of Sigma was born. Was was born for that night. And then I ate it because it was pretty good. But yeah, I built the, the three hammer guys... With the, with the big two-hander thunder hammer, lightning hammer things. They went together super quick, easy, really nice kits. They were a little bit more... One of the legs on one of them was really odd because half his foot was part of another leg that slotted through. It made yeah. no sense at all. And there was a couple of really horrendous gaps that if you were going to paint these well, you'd have to fill. Like, they... So far, most of the models are good for gaps. This one was. I don't understand this model at all. It just went together in such a special, like, crystal maze style. You've got to, like, get this bad boy together or you're going to get an automatic lock in and stuck in the Aztec zone for the rest of the night. (laughs) It was just so unnecessarily. (laughs) There was no need for it to be. Like, I just don't understand why it was crafted in that way.
0: It might be to do with the molding process because when you're. When you're doing a plastic injection molding, you've got to be quite savvy on undercuts and things like that. So maybe there is a technical reason for it. But it
1: was but just like the rest of all the models; their legs were complete. This one, for for just some random reason, his leg was in two bits that mm. slotted through into it. In in such a, it was so overcomplicated and unnecessary. I just don't understand it. It was it was odd last night. I think cleaning up the
2: the spikes on the backpacks. Yeah, that was wow. a bit of a pain. Just to get rid of the seal, like the mold lines and stuff. Because yeah. I'm finicky with stuff like that. So the the,
1: ham- the heads on the hammers were probably the only big mold lines on the entire models that I did. They were pretty good. Other than that, just the hammer heads. And um, then I built the ten normal little guys the following morning. Um, I think you beat
0: the guys to the hammer in the following morning as well, didn't you?
1: Um.
0: So I think all you had done on the Friday night was the. One angel,
1: yeah, I think maybe I built the three... Did I not build the three hammer guys? No, nah. I can't remember. I was tired. <laughs> um, yeah, so I built the ten normal guys. They were... Two of them are different, and then the other four are, like, duplicates. They I built them in pairs. They were pretty straightforward. Again,
2: they've um, got that stupid... Mold line on the shoulder pad, haven't you? That you have to liquid green stuff or green stuff. Yeah, into... I
0: didn't on the one that I did. The coming white dwarf. All I yeah. did was I just put more, more. We use Revel contactor glue, uh, which you can get from Element Games, and it's the best plastic glue that's made. So we're not yeah. using shit glue. So when we talk about stuff being difficult to put together, and stuff it's not because we're, um, you Reports. know, we're using bad glue or we don't know what we're doing. Um, but basically, the um, the the glue is quite good and what you can do is put more on than you need and what i kind of do is when i'm doing that shoulder pad joint i wiggle it about a little bit and just get some of the plastic to seep just cover the gap and when it's dry you can then take a scraping tool scrape over the top of it and it'll and cover you get it a up. smooth
1: join yeah
0: because i did that on my white dwarf dude because yeah. I, I can't think of anything worse than using liquid green stuff because it's fucking dog
1: shit i used it on the gash 'Cause that's the video I saw the guy yeah. talking about yeah. it
0: doing it in. So that's Dan Hardens um, from the Games Workshop. They do a really if you haven't seen it, it's a really good YouTube video where he goes through like some of the kits and how to do it. And he, they've done all the box set contents on there at the moment. And he talks about how he paints them and I really like his style. It's, it looks good, it's simple to do, he uses like the washes to great effect and in, in the Nagash video like you say, he, he that's what he does in there to get the, the joints smooth.
1: And since then, I've just adopted that as my technique now. Yeah. That's how I don't, I wouldn't bother with look to green stuff anymore. Like. No,
0: and, and literally even myself, that's what I've started doing more since I saw that video.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's Before,
1: why. I used um, this stuff I've got here, Vallejo plastic putty. Yeah, which I know it's yeah. Like, yeah, a little white syringe type thing. Um, it's It's all right, but it's just so much easier to use a bit of extra glue and then scrape the top of it over and then you just get a nice smooth plastic finish.
0: I remember what, um, when I worked at um, a miniature company before, um, one of the guys was sculpting spaceships out of plastic card and sanded it down and stuff. And what he did yeah. is he had loads of plastic shavings and he mixed um, like a liquid, plastic liquid, basically poly cement with those shavings to make a paste.
1: To make a plastic paste? Yeah, yeah.
0: And then he pasted that over. It was fine until he knocked over the bottle of um, poly cement and basically got all of the office high um for a day um so yeah because it fucking
1: stinks that stuff and then um, i built the last two well one of the last two normal angel guys and he went together super quick and you made the other one I and did, then we yeah. were done
0: yeah that was it and i actually didn't find the angel dude that hard to build
1: no um, he the second one was super easy because those two that me and you did were both the same sprue they're yeah, identical both the those same two pose, yeah uh, the champion guy was just uh, he was a pain in the ass the other two were fine um they're great to go together but all in all the models are uh they're just the new standard aren't they gw I, like
0: i think the models in this set are what they could sell individually in a box set i mean like the guy on the dragon if that was a 25 pound box set
1: now nah, that's that's a 35 yeah, car you know, friend style model yeah, look at it's that
0: it's not as big though is it
1: no but you could expect that to come out at that price um, I'd love to, I'd love to use a unit of three of those as like demigriffs or something. Well, demigriffs don't exist anymore. Don't yeah, know.
0: it's demigriff one. Um, so yeah, I think I think the quality of the models, like the actual quality of the sculpts is fantastic. I mean, they are they are a new standard of start box model. I mean look at the and let's just have a little think about the value of what you get in this box set. It's it's amazing the the monetary value of this box set for 75 quid it's just amazing you get like i mean the amount of models you get i mean if you bought two box sets you'd have a massive storm eternal army
1: yeah well, look, look at it this way those five dudes with the hammers are what 30 good. quid yeah. i know they're not the same yeah but they, like customization they aren't
0: different enough i mean if you wanted to go hammer weapon shield then this box set, i mean not only that you get I mean this is you're just talking about this the, the Stormcast Eternal dudes, but
3: yeah.
0: the 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 Chaos models as well are really nice. And you probably don't need the two Lords, the two BSBs, you know, all the rest of it, but the standard troops even the Marauders, they're beautiful models really. For what you know, bog standard chaos marauders, they're they're really nice.
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean I look mean, at it, you got five dudes and five dudes with hammers that's what 60 quid yeah. then you've got you you the three angels are probably what 20 the three dudes with hammers probably 20 the dude on the dragon thing 20 25 the single mm. character 15 20 so you've already got like 150 quids worth of stuff just in the sigma side alone
0: yeah. and then you've got the color rule book which is really nice the dice and you've got the corn stuff basically this is a great value box set um
1: it's probably about 250 300 quids worth of plastic models
0: yeah, if, if they were going to sell
1: individually, yeah, well, obviously yeah.
0: that's that's how Games Workshop they make their products look. That's, good, that's badly, how they, they get those
1: kiddies on the crack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but as a so as a starter set, then the model's probably a bit too complicated. Rather, they were simpler plug and plug and play. But the only thing I would I will say is probably the Games Workshop are a miniatures company, so I think what they decided to do they didn't want the models to look too derpy or too basic because the rules are all available online anyway. So a big selling point of this box set is the, is models. the models, so yeah. they need to make the models good quality. Um, so I I can understand why they've put so much effort into the models because they are a miniatures company and that they're showing off what they can do with their models and it's really impressive. Um, every starter set that comes out from Games Workshop, the models get better and better. Um, these are the best starter set models that have ever been in a starter set for that I can, I I, I I'll hand on the heart say that probably the only other set that I think probably beats these is the space Hulk set, but that's more to do with you know the, the coolness of them rather than the uh, yeah the sort of the casting. Stuff.
2: weren't they sort of semi resin as well the space Hulk set? They Did were coloured
0: plastic, so they're a slightly different composition. They're not yeah. resin, but yeah, they're. They they look they feel different because they've got different dyes in and that changes what the plastics like.
2: Imagine changes the properties of it and stuff a little bit, so, yeah. yeah.
0: So because they were they were in like blue and red, yeah. But I think the actual the the design of the models and they they were basically push fit, so you could get playing very quickly.
1: I mean, both sets are good. They both contain Space Marines, so Sigma <laughs> and the Space Hulk one. Both got Terminators, yeah. um, Thunder Hammers and all sorts in there. So it's all good.
0: So, favourite models in the box set, Terry?
1: Oh, the the BSB if you, guy. If, if you could pick
0: two models or two units, which one would it be? That you you can only take two away from the box set.
1: The the Lord. The, the it's got to be the Lord. It's got to be the two characters, the Sigmas. I don't know. It's the Chaos Lord with the Fleshhound. Mhm. And the. Sigmarine BSB chaplain guy, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I think hilarious. for me, I, I I do the the dude on the dragon because it just looks like it will be. Even though it looks like it's going to be a nightmare to paint, because you really have to put it together to to actually get at like you know to paint it, you couldn't assemble it halfway yeah. through. Um, I, I think that it just looks like it's going to be pretty. If you. Spend enough time on it, it's going to look awesome. And I agree with Terry. I think that looking at that Chaos Lord guy with the flesh hand, seeing him in in person, he's pretty exceptional.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. What are you, you thinking? For me, uh, a bit of an odd one. I really like the guys with the two-handed hammers. Oh, that was my third choice. They are. I love I love the models. I think they look. They don't look like Space Marines.
1: <laughs> They're pretty beat stick those um,
0: ones, and they look fucking nails. Yeah. Um they basically are like I've got a big hammer and I'm going to smash your fucking face in. Um, and I and they do. Uh, but I quite <laughs> I uh, I you? I really like those models. I I don't know why. I think no, they they're are my really favorite awesome. models. The other models is has to be the corn warriors. They are they are just fucking awesome. I love the poses. They look dynamic. They they look aggressive. Um, the you know the the guy. There's like a guy, and he's like striding forward. And there's another guy. There's like on. They're on like running on one leg. These look like corn chaos warriors. They don't look just like warriors that have been painted red. They look like they are all about the cunty axe, death, blood for the blood god. I want your fucking skull. Um, I, I really like these. That I would go for those five and the three hammers. I know the characters are really cool. But they're a single model. I love the Corn Lord. I love the guy on the dragon. I love the BSB for the um, you know, the, the sort of the, the eternal BSB the guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like him. Um, but it has to be corn warriors and two handed smash your face in hammers I mean, for me. So, we've talked about the models, we talked about the product, we've talked about the value. Let's have a little talk about the scenarios and the gameplay. So we played through, didn't we? And um, I, there's a story, and it's to represent the sort of the, the sort of the breaching through the gate, and we didn't read much of the fluff, but basically to.
1: Well, you started to read it out in like a yeah a voice. voice, That was quite funny for the first couple of times. I think then you just got bored of it, and then we just started playing the game.
0: Pretty much. Uh, So um, the first mission is. It's basically is how good is the dragon is the mission should be called, yeah. Um, so basically, you get the twenty-four inch tile, which is a realm of battle tile. I've got a cunning that, um, and you get um, the Celestine Dion dragon, that Lord Celestine, or whatever his name yeah. is, and the Chaos player gets the guy with the whip and the um, Korgoroth thing. Now, this mission's a bit, I don't know. I kind of think the start of mission, the first mission, should just involve like a normal basic guys and another unit of normal guys. Um, but maybe they just wanted to make it cool. But basically, the the idea is you've just got to kill each other, um, nice and nice and tactical. That's that. Simple. Yeah. Um, and basically, the guy on the dragon will literally win this. I think nine times out of ten, because he's just amazing. Um, you can't get away from him. He's got a stupid breath attack that does D three mortal wounds.
1: And he goes first.
0: Well, he might not, because you might not win the priority roll.
1: Oh, I thought, win the first scenario, he just went first.
0: No, you just won the roll. Oh, did I? Yeah, if you don't win the roll, then obviously you go second, and it, it might be a bit more even. But by going first, you get to move up. Because of the setup rules, you can do your D3 mortal wounds on both the uh, both the chaos units on a 4+. plus. You should charge in easily, you're definitely going to get in. Uh, you get D3 extra attacks on your D3 wounding hammer, and if you roll a 6 on that dragon, boom, that Korgroth drops like a sack of shit. Um, so basically, that's what happened. First mission, Terry won the roll, charged in, killed my army, that was it, Fun. Didn't, didn't even get to roll any dice, did I?
1: No, but then we re-racked and did it again, I charged in with my attacks and you killed me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it took a bit longer though, it took a few rounds and it felt like more of a game, but yeah, it's alright. I, I don't know. The first mission was a bit lacklustre for me. I, I, I don't... I, I kind of felt it was a little bit like I'm going to just smash shit with this fucking hammer and you're going to want to buy Stormcast Eternals.
2: Isn't that what the... the <laughs> running theme
0: through that. Running theme with it, the maybe, actual defeat, yeah. 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 I, kind of, I kind of get it. It's fine. And then um, the next mission is the three angels got to get across the board. I quite like this mission. I think it was quite a cool idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we played it first, didn't we? And and you've got two groups of ten Marauders, basically, and, and the three Angels have got to get them one side or the other or kill all the Marauders within six turns. Um, and I quite like this mission. Um, I think this is part of the shooting rules that needs a bit of clarification. Um, but anyway, um, you... We played it first, and what I did is I tried to group up both groups of marauders and then come at you in a wave. Um, and because I think you, the first turn, f- you backed I off, didn't you? But so, I could
1: charge and shoot in the same yeah, turn. I thought you
0: could move, shoot, charge, and then fight all in the same <laughs> turn, um, but with no penalties whatsoever. Um, so yeah, so basically, I backed off. Um, I managed to win that mission with the corn but then we swap around, and basically the Angel player, if they or the they, well, Stormcast player, if they get a priority, or whatever it's called, it's not called priority, but it's basically initiative. Board, is it called initiative. I don't but know. Um, you get to fly forward, hammer time, charge in, hammer time, wipe 10 out easily. Uh, because yeah. The bravery is the big thing, to be honest. Um, and then yeah. the the other unit's not big enough to actually do enough damage to beat you, and then you easily win that yeah, scenario. Yeah, you, you
1: just kill like two or three with the shooting, two or three in the combat, and then the rest just pop through the panic.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, what you could even do is move forward, shoot, charge, if you're pinned in combat, retreat, and just fly 12 inches over the top of them because you don't you don't get pinned in. No, and then um, shoot them again. I think you, you can't shoot you can't, and retreat. But, but yeah, so
1: um,
0: I, I think the mission's quite cool. I think that shows you a lot more about the game because it feels a little bit more like like a game you've actually got some basic guys down it's quite a cool mission i think i quite enjoyed
2: it when when we played it did seem sort of like my first first stage of sigma because i haven't played anything with the battle scrolls or even looked at it no when i got there and we played and stuff i sort of saw the tail end of your game and then i i played terry and uh, it, it did it did sort of feel like it was quite smooth and the mission was quite cool it did initially strike me that these sigmarines were Pretty, pretty, basically,
1: if if you get if you win the role with the Sigmarines, the scenarios are very sigmarine winning.
0: I think the scenarios all tip in their favour. This yeah. this one here, as soon as you learn, right, the first thing I do is I go straight for that unit at ten before they can get near the other unit because they're eighteen inches away. I c- cunt the fuck out of it, I kill it, then I've won this game. The yeah. first mission, you go straight in, um, and even if you don't go first, you probably should still win that. Um, so it seems very much in their favour. Now, the next mission, you have a 24-inch tile again. This is quite an interesting mission, this one. You've got the three guys with double-handed hammers, and you've got the banner, and they set up in the middle of the board, in like a little semicircle um, against one edge, and the corn player gets the five... Warriors and twenty blood reavers, whatever they're called, and they set up on the six inches on the other edge. Was it three? I can't remember. Three inches. Three inches. And then what you do is you get three waves, so you get three sets of three turns, and all the corn stuff heals and resets. The the stormcast guys reset deployment, but you don't get men or wounds back. And this really is to show you the, about the hero phase and the, the 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 banner bearers heal and damage ability, which is really good. Um, so you guys played it first, didn't you? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Les, come at me.
2: Yeah, I um, I, and, I didn't really think about
0: playing the scenario. I just sort of, no, I just ran can, at you, you come and, at me some and, dice. and got and got bummed. <laughs> it took a few rounds, didn't it? It was the yeah. first wave he destroyed. The second wave, it was on the third wave he only had like one man left, didn't he? So yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, the idea of that scenario is to sit in the corner and just I, tank
0: I, it.
2: <laughs> I don't think the idea of the scenario is to do what Russ did when we played, but...
0: well, no, It is. It's it to is. survive. I, well, I think, you, I, when I played I basically, you deployed your man, and then I went where your your corn guys are on one side so I'm going to run into the opposite corner in a little semicircle, and it'll take you two turns to get to me. I'll survive one round of combat, then we reset. And basically <laughs> I just rinsed and repeated that um, three times, and, and I think I only lost one man and won that mission quite easily. Um you did fail a critical charge on the last yeah. turn, but I don't think it I wouldn't make it very hard. I but I think actually this mission if you don't play very tight with the Eternal Guys is actually quite hard for you to do. Yeah. Um and I think it's quite a fun mission.
1: Yeah.
0: I quite like it. I quite like the idea of it.
1: I enjoyed it's, playing it. it, was good. It was at this point we decided that it was gonna be really confusing at a competitive level if you don't keep track of the turns. Yeah. And but, whose priority it is and what turn you're actually in um. It it's very easy to lose track of what the fuck's going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we're gonna talk about the rules in the next segment. We'll go into more yeah. detail on that, but yeah, that's a good point. It was here we got to we got into page where we were like oh shit does that I just fought that combat is that was that my go did, did we need to roll now for priority or, or have I fought that unit yet yeah did
2: that go fight no yeah. you were like yeah they fought and I was like no they didn't because I didn't no, activate them a... I activated
3: yeah.
0: them yeah and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was so second mission we learned that um, these are actually Space Marines was well, not second mission this is almost the second part of this mission where basically <laughs> you've succeeded in opening the gate by holding out um, and the. The dudes deep strike in, don't they? So yeah, they I, lightning
1: strike. I, oh, was yeah.
2: Like, I said to you, did I? I was like, these fuckers deep strike. If they fucking deep strike, <laughs> so I think, in, <laughs> I think
0: in the fluff, what it is is like Celeste, like lightning strikes the ground, and, and it, like the guys like teleport down. I like, actually think it's a really, really cool imagery,
2: like in the beginning of the the Thor Dark World. Yeah, movie, yeah, where like, the lightning hits and like that, they, they like appear
0: there. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think. Um, the second mission, you basically use is a forty-eight by twenty-four. You set the unit; those, those hammers and the battle and banner in the middle. You get the battle standard from the corn guy added to what you had in the last mission. You don't obviously come back, and then the the Stormcast Eternal player gets five of the hand weapon shield guys to teleport down. Um, so we played this through, didn't we, Les?
2: Yeah.
0: And this was probably felt like a really quite a good game. I think. Yeah, so no, it comes down night, to the actually. last rolls of the last turn and. It's four turns, and um, basically what I did is I, I pinned the... I think you made a mistake dropping the shield guys out of range in the middle of the board. Yeah. Like, first turn. I pinned them in with the warriors, and I put the boarders into the um, guys with the hammers and planted my skull banner, opened the skull portal to give them all extra attacks and make can sure you, I don't take battle shot tests. Can you do it in the same voice that you were doing it in? What was I doing?
2: You were going skull
0: portal. I will open the skull portal. Um, so the portal of skulls is activated. So um, at, this, at this point, I was just led on
1: the sofa, looking at battle, scro- uh, looking at the war scrolls, listening to YouTube game, was, and it was quite amusing. I was calling him a cunt all the way through the game because he fucking Les was just- getting proper
0: shitty. <laughs> <laughs> he was going. He's facing me. He's facing me. Um, I did tweet a picture of the previous mission when we sat in the corner going, "Come at me, bro." Um, so no but this mission I quite enjoyed this mission Um, you got multiple units on each side it felt a little bit uh, more like playing a game Um, basically what happened in our mission is that um, you did your D3 mortal wounds off your banner and did the three wounds you needed to be able to move the hand weapon shield dudes to come in clear up the marauders and take the mission um, by having two models to my one basically because my banner bearer I realised actually is quite good in combat and maybe I should have ran him up and then planted the banner when he was in a position to actually fight. Yeah, I think that's because actually to fight he's good. Um, something you picked
2: up on, I think, when we went into the other games and stuff as well, didn't you? Yeah,
0: and and I think it was quite fun. And then and then we basically at this point I think Terry had switched off, but we uh, we got out the six foot full six foot board, cleared off all the pork pies and, and wrappers and salad wrappers and all that kind of stuff. Salad wrappers? Yeah, I had a salad bar. We had,
1: we had chicken salad things, didn't we? Yeah,
0: and pork pies and mini burgers and pasties and crisps. And Not a smarty, scenario, really healthy. smarty cookies. Smarty cookies and roto cookies. Yeah, it's yeah. a healthy day. Um, so <laughs> we um, we did the full mission, which is basically you play the rules as they are on the four-page cardboard cutout. There's no real scenario in the first one. The second one is just kill each other's lord, which is a bit yeah, whatever. We left that, we didn't play that one because it's basically the same. But we played that and uh, the first time, basically, I just ran at you with my lord really early on, blood stoked him to get the extra distance, just fucking like, butchered him right at the field and I thought I'd just go in and smash these guys really quickly. Then realised that actually the, the Eternal guys are basically... Well, when you're playing with them, they like having two up armor saves, basically, because
1: all you do is roll sixes and ones. It was hilarious for me because every time Les rolled a pair of saves and he needed fives, it was always a pair of fives every single time. And Russ was getting proper fucked up with Les rolling these fives, and I think, was just laughing my ass it's, off. It's like I when you're on I was
0: keeping before. track in my head. And I think you did ten <laughs> saves of four plus and you it's failed one.
2: It's when you put all of those wounds onto the the my BSB guy, you put like some like I think it was like fifteen attacks onto him, fifteen wounds, and I like saved all of them, like three ups. You yeah, I
0: went, I put I put nine wounds onto it <laughs> and you passed every single save. Skills. And I'm like it, this is just ridiculous. I mean like and the worst bit was when, when you did like four wounds to my BSB and I rolled three twos and a one.
1: Yeah. And I was it's, like
0: I mean, what is going on? It's and when I caught on. Had the, the re-rolls, the, the, didn't yeah,
1: they? He rolled the two sixes and a one, and rerolled the one and got, got another six. six. yeah. yeah. It, fucking...
2: <laughs> the, the thing that I caught on to is that the, the hammer guys, the hand weapon and shield guys, are fucking really, really good if you fight monsters. So I'd be like, yeah, i go into a monster because I hit you on threes and weed you on threes. And I've got like nine attacks. Yeah, but they're,
0: they're good so, against like, everything that can hurt yeah. them. Because all the characters have got five wounds. Yeah,
2: so you just go into them and just go like, yeah, okay, so
0: but you're probably they're, not. they're really resilient. And like actually to try and kill them with like I mean I think the corn warrior guys are quite good against them. Yeah. But they like even but even then like they're, they're I mean if, if to Lord's be honest, alive, I don't take battles. I don't think it was your it was that unit being particularly bad. I think maybe you just rolling particularly really well with that unit. Um. But basically I got I got pulled to bits. Got my pan, my lord died really easily because he charged the hammer guys in and they just basically smashed the fuck out of him. Did I rolled
2: three sixes. when well, yeah. I, I did. Yeah, it was yeah just
0: like six that. more wins. Thanks very much. Boom. So basically, the hammer guys. If you roll a six to hit, they do two mortal wounds, which means mortal wounds you can't take any saves, and you just take two wounds. And then the if you wound, they do two damage. They're really, really fucking nasty. They got three wounds each, four up armor, um, hit on freeze, wound or fours. reason and threes. Freeze and freeze with rend minus one on your armor. Really, really fucking nasty. They are. They are probably the the best unit in the box set i think uh, in terms of the amount of sheer damage output and their survivability yeah. yeah so they're not easy to kill either um you've got to do three wounds to even make anyone with the banner bearer can heal them as well it's it's a, it's a fucking nightmare they basically i mean even in that that wave scenario we did missions where the um the hammer guys were able to basically smash the chaos army in one turn and kill it all um because you go into like the marauders i think when i played you when it those, and i got yeah. you got the marauders in and I just went in and basically killed the entire unit in one round of combat.
2: Yeah, good um, twenty just gone, wasn't it? it
0: was. It's, it's so to do with the battle shock as well because you go in and kill a load, and then you take the battle shock, and you're like, well, I'm adding eight to this, and they're ba- they they're only the bravery five, so I'm basically using like D six plus three men.
3: Yeah,
0: and it, it makes a huge difference. And I think it's really important where you've got heroes and people that stop you worrying about bravery. It's such an important mechanic.
2: And. I think, and everything with the, the sort of like the celestial guys or whatever they are, storm casts, if, that, if the, the main guy's alive, because of like the battle scroll formation or whatever it is, like they're plus one leadership, aren't they? If they're within bravery, sorry, if they're within another unit, if within six inches. Yeah. And every turn, the guy just goes, hey, everything within 24 inches doesn't take battle shock. Yeah. And then you just never run.
0: Yeah, and I think the second time, I, I was a little bit like, well, let's re rack and have another nerd go.
2: Um, and I, I ran at you then this time, didn't I? Just to see. Yeah. Cause it felt So one-sided that one game, I was like, ugh.
0: Well, I kept my um, I kept my warrior guys on one side of the battlefield, and you you charged your general straight into him, yeah. and basically almost killed them all. And then what, down to like one model. And then what I did is I used my bloodstoker to buff my marauders um, to give them the extra distance to reroll to, the ones to wound, and they reroll ones to hit. And then I basically um, planted my Skull Banner to make sure they had the plus one attack. Hmm. And basically piled them into your Lord and and dropped him in one round. I mean, I did get when you attack the corn guys, because if they make an armor save, they do a more wound on the six. I did drop like four wounds off him, didn't I? Yeah. So I had him fairly wounded, and I thought, well, that's massive, because it means Battleshot plays a part, um, and that guy is just such a beat stick. Any chance to kill him is important. So I killed him. And then the Marauders, to be honest, the Marauder Horde is actually quite a good unit. Um, you charged into that Marauder Horde with all the rest of your stuff on that side. And I basically, you Angels come around the back and charge my BSB. I then piled in with my Lord and um, killed that unit of Angels in like one round. But the, the korgroth guy was fighting five and shield dudes. And I don't actually think that's a bad decision for me to fight that and I ended up with the musician going uh, the the stoker going in and the lord and the bsb and I think we fought about seven rounds of combat before I dropped that unit
2: before you yeah I was like because I, mean, I just
0: fluffed all the time and like even the Korgroth guy like I got like six attacks seven attacks with using the the formation rule when you a unit gets wiped out you get extra attack as well and I was like well I've got these like seven attacks and I'm on like freeze and freeze, and then you've got a minus one to your armor, and then if I wound kill one, I get a wound back, and I just he just did nothing, and I was like, oh man, this is horrible, which all my Marauders got wiped out, and um, I I lost, I got my beast was on one wound, my BSB was on, like, three wounds, uh, my lord had taken a wound, and I was like, oh fuck's sake, I'm gonna get fucking battered it, because his hammer dudes are gonna come across and just fucking smash my face in again, um, and, but what happened was, is basically I did get through them, now, at this point I'm thinking these hammer and shield dudes are just fucking broken. They're just so fucking <laughs> good. Um, and then like I got into I, your BSB was isolated, wasn't he? Yeah. And I charged him and basically just took him off in one round with the um, I had the beast and the lord into him.
2: You you then remembered that when you roll a five when you've done a wound you roll a five yeah, and it he kills dies. it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I
0: managed to reality blade in with my axe and then um, you got into I then was able to get your hammer dudes failed that charge, didn't they?
3: Yeah.
0: Then I was able to charge them with my BSB. I got I got pinned up by the you ch- failed the charge on the hammerers, but you made the charge of the hammer and shield dudes into my lord. Now yeah. this is the, the the flip side of it. My lord killed that unit in two rounds. I, yeah. I I went through them really quickly, and like actually the other unit took ages. So maybe it was just lucky rolling on your part, but. Um, basically, the mission come down to um, I had that one combat where I charged your free hammer dudes, retributors. I'm sorry, I'm not using the proper words. Uh, I don't even know what they're called. Retributors? Hammers. We call the them Thunder Hammer Terminators. The guys with the two big hammers. Retributors. The, the two, retributors. They're like liberators or the liberators or are the flyers. The, no, no, no! They're they're, they're persecutors. Hang oh. on, let me get the fucking book. So
2: let me get a book. We so, call them by their proper name.
0: So and I think the liberators,
2: a hand, hand weapon yeah. shield. Prosecutors are um, the angels, yeah. The angels and yeah. retributors are the lightning hammer yeah.
0: So the retributors were being attacked by the blood Reaver. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, they got attacked by the <laughs> battle standard. Um, yeah. The um, uh, the stoker guy and the beast. And I engaged you in such a way that you couldn't multiple attack the banner or the stoker guy
2: yeah I think this is where like the, the the sort of like the nuances of the tactics come in because you were you basically set up in a way that I couldn't combat put all of it because I was pinned on one side yeah. and I had to pile into the closest model I couldn't then direct three lots of attacks onto your like the the big beastie that was going to cause the most damage really.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and and actually, I wanted you. they only had one wound left, so I thought you'd kill the beast. But then the BSB and the guy actually do more damage output than him. And yeah. so basically, I managed to kill that unit outright. So uh, when I got the Lord in the last turn, um, so basically I ended up the game with three models left, and you had none. But it was a bit of a bloodbath. It was quite a good game. It felt. It, it felt. Not, I wouldn't say it felt like Warhammer, but it, it felt like a proper game. And the fact that that's the contents of a starter set, quite cool.
3: Yeah,
2: I enjoyed it. I. I- but actually, you know, initially, after the first game, I wasn't sure about, you know, maybe playing the second game, because it was sort of like so one-sided at the start. That, and I was like, well, let maybe let Terry have a go. And then when we played it, I was like, actually, no, it was quite a... I think we did play
0: it. the importance of the heroes, the two Lord characters, is so big. Yeah. Because basically, in the first game, I lost my Chaos Lord straight away, and you got ba- I got battered. The second game, you lost your guy straight away. And I wouldn't say you got battered, but... You- you know, I was able to win. Basically, I think that is a key model. Yeah. So I can almost see why the last mission is kill the Lord. Because it, That's yeah, because it, it, it basically means that whoever does that is probably going to win the game. Um, because that that Celestine guy is just just nails. He
2: is amazing. When I went into that twenty unit, and he basically
0: just he kill them. it. Yeah, he kills. He just killed them yeah i mean it, it as well like the the importance of battle shock i mean not like having the corn banner planted means that you're you're not taking battle shock and battle shock is massive because you go in and do like six seven wounds your bravery only five so well six with the banner so actually it makes a huge difference um yeah. i quite and i quite like that i quite like the fact that you i mean obviously in um in the main rules you get that inspiring presence thing that you where you can go oh within 12 so you you don't take a test so you can if you know a unit is gonna get battered, you can you can try and keep it alive. And what it does do as well, it means that you in their go they can't move away from it. Or if they do move away from it, they're not charging or doing anything. So they either stay there and try and kill it. So it does it still feels a little bit like Warhammer where you get pinned in combat. But yeah. different.
2: Even though you can run out of combat, which is odd.
0: Yeah, you can, but then you're not shooting or charging. No, I suppose. So I suppose. it's like yeah, you can back out of combat and retreat, but you're not. And actually, you can't always do that because you've got to get outside of three inches. So if you've been enveloped, you can't really get away.
2: That's what I found when I played Terry. Yeah. Wasn't it? I couldn't get out the actual the range yeah. of because of the four, um, the four inch moves, You can't. Mm-hmm. You find it very difficult to get out of. If you're enveloped, you can't get out with that that three inch engage range or whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you? So. so, so, just quickly then, Terry, you you didn't play. The, the last battle and that? I mean, I don't know, was it just because you just didn't want bothered about it, or you...
1: Um I'd played a bit, obviously, before, and it just wasn't feeling like Warhammer to me. Mm. That that was my issue with it. it. It was... It didn't really feel like Warhammer, and rolling for initiative is just game-changing. It, it just... I know you're you're meant to like take into account that you might not get a turn for two goes because you'll have a turn they'll have a turn they'll have a turn you'll have a turn but because models move so fast can move so far and can shoot in and out of combat and it just feels like that priority role is the most important role of the game every hmm. time it comes
0: up well we'll talk about the rules in a bit more detail i think after a break so i think it's a good time to break there we've talked about the set and- uh, in a lot of detail there um, so we're going to have a break now we'll come back and we're going to go through the rules of the game in our thoughts and, and, and going forward yeah. like that in a bit more detail so ok so we're back from the break and we're going to talk about the rules and our first impressions of the game and, and, and you know just how we feel about it so four pages um, it's very different <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I mean, so different is... yeah I think the battle round mechanic is probably one of the biggest things is what Terry was saying before the break Um, I didn't like it at all yeah because I... you can
1: plan out stuff make, a, make tactical decisions as much as you want but if you don't win that role it's all gone to shit anyway
0: I don't think it's as big as what you're saying I I actually quite like it because what it means you can do is you can play risky to get to try and win that role and, and reach out and, and attack or even back off with stuff. Um, I I think it's it makes an important um, it makes the game more interesting. Um,
1: yeah, I like, I did see a couple of people have like compacts and stuff floating around that they've written and like
0: ideas for events
1: and whatever. And one of the rules I noticed a lot in like the top part of the rules that people have written was: there's no you don't roll for priority, you roll for the start of the game, and then you have turn cycles. Um, They they took that. They took that mechanic out.
0: Yeah, but I I think the problem with doing it you go I go you go I go is that it's too much to guarantee, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like you get that momentum in the battle. I know it's just a dice roll, but. There's that battle momentum you can build up, and you it, can make those
2: risky moves, and then you know, is it I'm going to go here and I'm going to get smashed, but if I roll this higher on this dice, then I've got the game.
0: Yeah, if and you I've, want to take that risk, yeah, and but then conversely, you've got the problem that if if I don't get the next turn, it's going to put me on the back foot.
2: Yeah, and I think it's just so, something that you have
0: to factor in. I I, yeah. I, I
2: enjoyed the. I don't know, but perhaps just because I've been, we've been playing a lot of Infinity, and Infinity is not always your go, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, yeah. And
2: like, I'm thinking a little bit like that because we've been playing so much of Infinity that you know I'm making decisions, expecting not to get, expecting not to go first. Yeah. And then if I do, but I'm also trying to just playing that happy medium, is in like I could advance really far forward and try and get this first, and hopefully roll this first turn, or I can put myself in a position where perhaps I make it difficult. You to get a charge, but it also means that I can use the unit and be like you know functional with it without hampering myself by staying too far back.
0: Yeah, I think and, the, the biggest problem I've got if you if it was you go I go, you're never going to push into that fret range, no, because you know the organ then be at a disadvantage. Yeah. Whereas if you push in and you run the roll, you, you've got them on the back foot. Um, I think you did it in that game, didn't you? That one. Yeah, I did. I, I intentionally played that way. I intentionally played. If I get the turn roll, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to mob this unit and smash it. Yeah,
2: and you did, and you did, didn't you? So it, yeah,
0: you know. And if I didn't, yeah, you're gonna charge me on that side. But I think it's quite interesting when you're playing with a bigger army, you can push up in one area and have stuff set up to counter. And then it's like if you win the roll, you get to put the pressure on. If they win the roll, they can mob that unit, but then you can counter it. So I think it's a really interesting. Um, it gives the game more depth. That's just my personal opinion on it, and it's a little bit exciting as well.
2: I think there needed to be something. Looking at how sort of simple the rules were, I think that we needed to play it that way and try and be tactical and try and be, you know, think about it and, and see if there was that tactical element to it rather than you know threes and threes or fours and fours. Because it, 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 you know, initially, I think you summed it quite well, Russ, and you said it just felt like a game of fours. To start off with,
1: hey, that's what I said.
2: Was it you? Was it Terry? Or was, <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> oh, you're not, you not? You do speak sense sometimes, though. Yeah, but it's yeah, it did, it did. You know, I think it, it did feel like that. And I think having played a game now with the rules the way they are, I think like you, you can see that there is a tactical element to it.
3: Mm. Not, yeah.
2: not. I mean, nowhere near the same sort of level as what 8th was, I don't think, but it, it, there is definitely
0: something to it. And I'll have a
1: different tactical way of playing it but it's definitely not
0: warhammer anymore well no but i think in seventh to eighth they moved away from game mechanic decisions uh, or game mechanic abuses um to more of a decision-based game and i think this has scaled it back even further where like in if you think of in eighth edition some of the stuff you could do around where you position models in a unit and challenges and some people attacking and you know like making way with three characters to block out the front of the units they can't hit but you still get the ranks and i think there was a lot of gaming mechanic stuff in it which i think has been taken away stripped down into this um um so we'll talk a little bit about we're not going to talk about lists and and setup and stuff yet i'll talk about it at the end i think so hero phase i quite like this um I quite like at the beginning of the turn you can try and get your buffs and spells off and stuff because it will give you the indication. Do I push? And I think this offsets the priority or, or battle round role because basically your your buffs last until your next hero phase. So even if it's not your, you don't get another go. You're still buffed until your hero phase, so you'll be buffed for two of their turns. So it's it's still got that important element to it. Yeah. I mean, the one thing in the starter set there isn't, is there's no magic, really.
1: Yeah, that that was a bit interesting, actually. I'm surprised there wasn't, like, a little Chaos Sorcerer in there to just, like, do some little magic missiles, because the Chaos Army doesn't have any range stuff.
0: No, I think what? as well it's weird, because the Chaos Lord's ability can unbind spells, but there's no spells to unbind. Yeah. So, it kind of felt a little bit like maybe there should have been a wizard or something. I don't yeah,
2: know. And they. they ditched it the last second
0: or the unless they you know they could have made like the banner priest guy actually rather than that heal damage thing being an ability that works on three pluses have yeah. that as a spell
1: see i thought it was a spell no. to start with didn't I? I was like well how do i dispel this then you're like we well, you don't i just rolled a three plus so you take d3 damage hmm. so oh, okay so yeah
0: yeah, yeah one of those things uh, i quite like the phase i quite like the idea of it i like the fact that you've got to do this before you move so you can't move into range so in your go when you move you can you can plan to be i'll be outside of 12 with that banner so i can't get nuked because he's got to, he can't move then nuke me he's got to do it before anything so yeah i can yeah. plan around that um command ability um a bit weird because why wouldn't you use it
2: yeah, you get to activate it, whereas you just went. I'll just assume myself every turn, and I'm like, yeah,
0: but
1: but different lords have different command abilities, and only yeah. one of them can be your general. Yeah, so you could have three dudes with command abilities. You can use one, yeah, but only one of them can be the general in the yeah. game, so The other two are invalid, so it's kind of it's yeah, got to be a choice.
0: Yeah, but it, it, the general's a choice at the beginning of the game. But yeah. then, why is to use the command ability a choice? Why isn't it just a constant aura?
1: Maybe you want your stuff to
0: to battle dive.
1: shock i don't know
0: or maybe you've got the different abilities maybe on one model so there's a choice between three different abilities i don't know um, yeah
1: but it just seems weird that he's the general in the box set he's the only general yeah his his life oh, is something you always want on except you have to say you're using it
0: i suppose the command ability you always get inspiring presence as well yeah so you could pick a unit within 12 um that you does not have to take battle shot test i know for the stormcast eternal guys that basically is like well that's what my ability is, and it's better. And it's but 24,
1: for the, and it's the whole army.
0: Yeah. But for the corn player, you could say, actually, I'm going to use Inspiring Presence on my Marauders rather than plant my Skull Banner. And th- th- then I am not don't need the Gore Tide thing because I don't need the Charge rerolls or whatever it does. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's why if you've got multiples, you could pick one or. Either or. Um, so, movement, I think, is pretty straightforward. I don't. There's much to think about that. I think an interesting point which I haven't seen people talk about is that it does say that um, you when you move a unit. Um, so I think it says it's something in here that you can't go back and move another unit. So you once you've moved a unit, that's it. Yeah. So.
2: None of this moving units coming back to it. One mm-hmm. eight style.
0: Yeah, exactly. No shuffle phase. Um, so if you, but then that rule was in eighth and nobody played it, so. <laughs> it, it, um, it
1: depends, it was optional, wasn't it? If you wanted to let your opponent go back, you could, I suppose.
0: Yeah, but nobody, I remember the, the ETC when we went out there and we won first eighth edition ETC, because it only just come out, and we were all like, okay, so we're not, we don't let anyone go back, and we were all practicing that way, and when we went out there, they were like, no, none of us play like that, why are you being a cunt? It's like, but that's what the rules say. <laughs> um, so, anyway, um, the one thing about movement is if you are um, if you start within three of an enemy, you can't move unless you retreat. So if you retreat, the unit has to end more than three away from all enemy models, uh, and you can't shoot or charge. So it's basically a way of disengaging from combat, um, which I quite like. And it means as well you can actually pin people in place with units... So if you've got a particularly resilient model, you can pin it in combat and actually like pin stuff in combat and then actually go around and mop up other units. Um, so it's quite a it's quite an interesting mechanic. Um, running, roll a dice I let you move, move, yeah. fine. Yeah, he can't charge or shoot, so it's just get board board space. It's sort of like marching but more random. Uh fly, you can move across stuff, but the same can't move within three of an enemy and all that kind of stuff. Um, shooting. Now, it's so, so, so powerful. It's an easy fix for this, and that yep. is if you're an enemy, with enemy within three inches, you can't shoot.
1: Because you can currently move, shoot, charge, do combat, they do their turn, then you shoot them again in combat, then you do combat again.
0: Yeah, so basically there's no caveat on if you're engaged in melee, that you can't shoot, and there's no caveat that you can't shoot into combat. Um, yeah. So you can have a line of guys, with guys with guns behind, and you just sit there shooting the fuck out of them. So, so, yeah. Kind of a bit difficult. So, um, you can't shoot if you ran or retreated, but, yeah, but basically you attack with all missile. Um, and it doesn't really have anything about line of sight is just if you can see a model you can see it yeah um, it's like
1: everyone's got true flight arrows now yeah you, well, you I just don't... always hit on like threes and fours yeah no... but I think
0: the modifiers that, that's quite a good change because the problem is in the past is that oh I'm shooting across here and it's minus one and it's like I always just play when I play dark off players they just pick up a handful of dice and they're just like yeah fours it's like it's not though, is it? don't even say that. I just roll it, and pick up a load of dice and roll yeah. it there and then go, then roll it again, then roll it again and go, oh, it has 10 wounds. I'm like, what? I don't even know what you were rolling for. Was that to hit, to hit, to hit, to wound, to wound, to hit, to wound or what? Um, I just find it a little bit like, you know, you get people go, yeah, fours. You go, well, actually, no, it's fives because you're shooting across a wood and da da. da. I just think it, if it's a three, it's a three. I quite like, I quite like that mechanic. It's, it's, what it says is what it says. It's fine. And you don't oh, have yeah. to keep
2: telling people like with Nurgle and Stir. Oh, it's minus well, one.
0: You do.
1: Well, it is minus one to shoot plague bearers, and it's minus two if they're a unit of twenty. Yeah, yeah but it, yeah,
0: but you so, know, there oh, are modifiers example. to shooting. Yeah, there you know, are modifiers. They're but on it's... the units, not in the main rules. Mm. So, um, charging now. This is probably my biggest bugbear with the game. Now. <laughs> I think there needs to be a more detailed explanation of how you charge and how you pile in. Yeah. Um, because it's very in 40 K it's very clear closest model, closest model. Then you must move the next model, must engage a model, a separate model, if possible within coherency. blah, 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 blah. So it's not like you can abuse this very much in age of Sigma. There isn't really any restriction on this. So, um, huh. any units picking up unit in 12 or 18 or whatever, if you've got special rules, Roll two dice, move that number of inches. Um, Well, yeah, 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 I'll get into that. You must, first model you move must finish within half an inch of any model. If it's impossible, the charge has failed, no models move. Um, Once moved, all the models in the unit, you can pick another eligible unit to do a charge to all units have done so. So, now this is an interesting point because you might decide that, okay, I can charge, but I don't want to get loads of men into combat because all I want to do is pin them so you roll the dice you get into charge range and you move one model into base contact and then you string all the others out in a big long line because it doesn't say you have to move towards them with the other models as long as you finish in coherency yeah so you're charging but you're not you're charging one man and moving all the other guys back into the defensive position Yeah. yeah I know wounds carry over but it's very hard to get a lot of attacks based around one model so I don't know if there's any merit in that, but... Well,
1: no, because you could, like, tank a unit so that it can't go and charge something else. Hmm. So it's like chaffing up a unit, effectively. Maybe.
0: I don't know how effective it would be, because you might still, within three, be able to get all your full weight of attacks anyway. Depends what you're charging, I guess. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't try that. I, I, just, I just think there needs to be a bit of clarification around this, where you move the closest to the closest, then you must move and engage... I just think it needs that bit that's in the 40k book. Yeah, I, I've got a feeling there's a more expansive set of rules coming out with these sort of things expanded on. Um, I also think they could benefit with diagrams a little bit. So, like, why not make this a 10-page rule book and have a picture of how you move in, how you, how you pile in, a picture of how to move a model... Um, a picture of a combat with dice next to the models of who can strike just visual stuff that that makes it a lot easier because it's just a wall of text and from a beginner from a new player point of view it's not
1: great that's four sides of full a four small print
0: text yeah it's just text it's like well there's no pictures the only picture is a deployment map um so okay so basically that's it so you charge in fine then you get into the combat phase. Now this is quite interesting. It's probably the most interesting mechanic in the game. It's where you pick a unit that is charged or has an N models within three inches of an enemy unit, and you can. Because um, also with the charging, it doesn't say that you can't move within three of an another um, enemy unit. So you could charge a unit and then string your men out so they're t- within three of another enemy unit, but not actually you haven't actually charged them. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Because um, then you could pile into them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So um, and conversely, they could pile into you, but it, it might be the fact that you want them to pile into you to drag them away from another part of the board. But that that's kind of tactics anyway. But basically, so in the combat phase, you pick a unit. Um, It's within three of an enemy, and you then do this pile-in move, which is, it says you may move, so it's optional, um, each model in the unit up to three inches towards the closest enemy model. Now, this is important. You've got to go to the closest enemy model. You can't pile in into different positions and like use that as a way of pulling another unit out of combat or stringing out into a line or, or doing and You've got to go towards the closest enemy model. So th- this does need some explanation of how this... It should be the same as charging. It's, it's 40k. This is a 40k mechanic. It's in the 40k rulebook. So I literally just don't understand why they just copy and paste the 40k rules and dump them in here. They, they kind and charging, of have,
1: but then they've made them really simple.
0: Yeah, they have, but they haven't expanded yeah. on it, so it's not very clear. Obviously, if this is aimed at beginners, beginners probably won't be asking these questions. Yeah. No, they're just I, piling bases
1: on top of each other.
0: But I find that with most games, that when you say your first couple of games, you don't ask these questions, and after you've played it five or six times, these are the sort of questions that start coming out. Yeah. Um, so, each model attacks with all its many weapons, see attacking. So basically, the, the thing about this is you pick the player's turn picks a unit to attack and then the other person picks a unit to attack but it doesn't mean you have to pick the unit that's part of that fight you could pick another fight on the other side of the board so there's some tactics about the order in which you pick these fights yeah i think that's the most probably
1: the most complicated bit about the game as in where the tactics come in is selecting the the correct combat at the correct time
2: that's something that i was trying to take advantage of a lot when we were playing russ wasn't it i was, I was yeah. like you'd already fought that one com- combat so i was like you'd fought a combat with your marauders and i was like right so you've already done damage to that unit so i'm not going to fight with that unit and hit the marauders back i'm going to choose another unit that is then going to hopefully
0: kill your unit before you get a chance to strike with it yeah but i think that's an obvious thing i mean as yeah, well, you, i was doing you that you as well it's of combats
1: going on at the same time so that you can force your opponent to sacrifice some that you don't that he kind of cares about, but you know that
0: if he picks that one, then another combat he's going to lose in. Yeah, I think that's why you want to be aiming for odd numbers. Yeah, yeah. Because if you've got odd three combats going on, it's your go. You get to attack first in two of the combats. Yep. Whereas if you're an even numbers, you're attacking first and on one. They're attacking first on the other. Yep. So you're not really utilizing your turn. Yeah. So yeah, you do want odd. Combats. Yeah, that is a good point. So there's there's there is some tactics around that, and also like for me, like I would very rarely uh, the unit that's going to be the most fragile, but do do a lot of damage to the Marauders were often my first pick because they do have a lot of dice, but they die in droves. Yeah. So, so if I can attack safe. with them first, then I'm getting more bang for my buck, and actually the Corn Warrior dudes who can attack when you. Um, when them. they get killed, and also when they make a save, they um, they can do a mortal wound on a six. So actually you want the person to hit them more, if that makes sense. And yeah. by them going second, it's less of a problem. than if. And obviously if you do go first with them, then you get to attack, then they kill you, then you attack again. So actually there is a benefit for going first. But they're one of the units you can kind of think, well, actually, they're quite resilient. I will probably leave them a little second because the marauders are not resilient and they, they need to hit
2: they have as, to go through, as they can
0: they? yeah i mean otherwise they're just not there's no bang for your buck there um so yeah i quite like the combat mechanic it's quite good um battle shock so battle shock phase so you must take battle shock test for units um that have had models slain so basically if it's your turn you test first you make a roll you add your number of models for the unit. There's models, not wounds, that have been slain. At yeah. Each point at which the total exceeds the highest bravery, uh, one model in the unit is removed. Um, so this add, is go on. You add one bravery if you've got more than like ten models in the unit. Basically, for yeah. each ten models. So basically, this is um, quite big, especially like if you're like low bravery and you're quite fragile. So units that you can blow through very quickly. If you hit them hard, they're just going to they're just going to disintegrate, and that, to be honest, that that's just like normal Warhammer really. Um, apart from an eighth, where you had steadfast, which is a bit bullshit. So, I quite like this, but you can still make a unit steadfast by saying, well, they're not going to take a battle shock test because they use inspiring presence. But that revolves around your model being within twelve, and you can add to one unit, and then you can't use your other combat ability. So there's there's a lot to it. I think it's quite a good mechanic. What do you think?
1: I was just oh, yeah. going to say um, it favors high wound, low model count units.
0: Yeah,
1: because if um, you've got a unit of twenty marauders that are easy to kill, it's really hard. You get a massive battle shock test. Whereas if you've got a unit of three dudes with three wounds each, but you I would have argue that a lot the, of wounds to d- even get a
0: shock test off. Yeah, but I'd argue that the marauders are more likely to run away because they're that sort of unit. Yeah.
2: What about so, like if you were playing ogres then? Because obviously it's gonna be a lot to chip free like the three winged ogres and stuff like that. Mm. You are not gonna get ogres taking battleshock tests, are you really? It, unless you, if you're killing one. I mean, how often unless you're fighting I mean, if you compare it to eighth, which, you know, we shouldn't really. It's like even in eighth you wouldn't kill a drove of ogres in a turn, would you? You'd probably kill take four wounds or like five wounds well, off an ogre. It depends what
1: you go in with, doesn't it?
2: it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it depends what you go in with, but you know, if you were then playing a game now Unless you've got like a massive high eight, like damage output unit fighting a unit of ogres, you're not going to be killing that many of them, are you?
0: Yeah, well, but I think that there are lots of units that are high damage. That yeah, there's can a lot of D3 and them.
1: multiple wound and you know multiple damage weapons and units out there. I think you are going to go through units of ogres.
0: But it's, I think it's an interesting mechanic. I kind of like the idea that your small elite units are less prone to it than your large ones. And that kind of yeah. makes sense. Yeah.
1: That makes sense.
0: Um, I I think it's a very simple mechanic, but it's a lot. There's a lot, a lot can happen. I mean, that's like when I rolled a six on my corn unit, didn't I?
2: Yeah.
0: And I lost the whole unit. It and was, I rolled a, a one four times going. Yeah, but I mean, basically the stormcast guys are basically immune to battles. They're all shock,
1: unbreakable anyway.
0: Pretty much, because um, they're like bravery six or seven, and then they they're so hard to kill. To kill two in a turn it's quite good going. We well, only have to roll a six to take one wound, and then if your general's alive, they don't take it anyway. So,
2: <laughs> it's, but they're um,
0: two wounds each as well, aren't they? That's what so, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. You've got to do four wounds to the unit basically to make to make the the test even vaguely remotely possible to fail it. Yeah. Um. So attacking is the other thing because I am going through the rule sheet basically. So with the attacking, um, I'm. I mean, I'm not a fan of measuring model to model. No, Um, it's open to abuse. It's like you can spin the model so his weapons poking through between two men and then you can get in range or you can be spun around another way and you're not in range. And I know that it says that when you move, and actually it's an important point, no model, part of the model can move further than you move. So that means you can't twist models around with long spears because you've actually moved further. But it's just a bit wanky. It doesn't need to be that fucking complicated. Um I, I base just, to base I honestly hard. just think base to base. And then with the melee ranges, you just say if you're a, like, you've got a base size chart, and so then you've got a melee range chart, and if your base size is equal or lower than the melee range, you could fight over that base. So if you've, you've got, like, a one inch range, and you go, well, normal, like, normal skeletons on a one inch base, so that means if you're basically, if you're a, a one on your combat range, you can fight over a skeleton to hit the enemy if they're in base contact. It's, it's that simple. You just yep. literally go one, two, three, and you go right. Okay, so the guy on the dragon is size four, so you can't fight over him basically unless you've got like a. You just can't fight over him. If you're size three, then you need a three-inch range weapon to fight over it. Blah, whatever. It it just makes sense. And if you're if you've got a three, you can fight over three normal guys. And you can just go. They're in base contact. I've got two guys behind. My spears are two inch range, so I can fight over two bases. So actually, I can, all all of those can attack.
2: Do you so, think they've they've just done
0: it model to model
2: uh, at the moment because the the fact that people are going to be using square bases still, and they're like, oh, bases don't count, bases don't matter because we're going to change everything to circle bases, and possibly we don't want
0: people kicking off about of the square basin. I found out an interesting fact actually that um the little birdie told me that the people who play tested it measured base to base because they just found it awkward <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know how that, true that is but it makes sense it makes a lot we
1: did it didn't we it yeah. just made so much more sense because it's open to abuse because you want your entire
0: army on 20 mil bases yeah, yeah. you just put them on tiny bases so you could fit more yeah because you, unless you're overlapping bases so because this is the problem like not i just think this is probably the biggest thing like what they should have probably done is just had bags of bases for people to pick up from the stores, yeah. <laughs> and just gone, and just gone like, or if you know, just say well, or just sell a bumper pack of bases that's like a five, and you just get a shitload of them. Um, and it just basically you 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 have a base size. So if you're a Chaos warrior, you are on a thirty-two. If you're a you know, if you're on like, so if you're on a previously on a twenty mil, you're now on a twenty-five round. If you're on a 25, you're just a conversion chart. If your previous base size was this, it is now this. Uh, you can stay on square, yeah. you can go to round, it doesn't matter. Because, yeah,
1: you, you want to be on the smallest base possible so that you mm. can get into the smallest place possible but, to fight.
0: But yeah. if, they, if they took away the fact that base size mattered, in fact that you just go by the range of your weapon and what you're fighting over... So you've got to be in base contact to fight, and you can support if you're in base contact with models in base contact. If you if you've got a one inch, you can fight over like the the smallest troopers, a two for like the cavalry, and a three for like monsters or something. Yeah. It would just be an easier mechanic, and it's harder to explain that with text. You just need a picture and you need of some a bit bases. more. You need like an extra couple pages to expand out on these rules, and maybe there will be a PDF coming. And uh, maybe what. I mean, what you've got to think is this is this is quite. Let's, let's I had this chat with Dan earlier. Um, is that basically, if you look at other war games when they first come out, how tight are the rules? They're not, are they? No, there's not there's really. a lot of they need FAQs. There's a there's lot holes. Of holes in there's, the game. but is it but, holes or is it just down to interpretation?
1: Well, I think it's people trying to get more
0: out of out of the game yeah, than there is available. People trying to. Uh, get more but the rules are not unclear are they measure models model that's not unclear the only thing i think's unclear is stuff when we get to what's talking about the war scrolls but i think maybe that was because it's a quick and dirty just to yeah. get it out well
2: they're not going to be there for but a ride they're no, just they're there
0: they're going to replace those with the, when they release the campaign books with the story all those units will get replaced and those war scrolls will become obsolete yeah that that is what's going to happen i'm yeah i'm I'm not. I'm not obviously got the no know, inside knowledge on that. I'm just. I'm just going by by sensible. Really, um, for me, the the actual measuring model to model is a little bit wanky. Um, I think as well. If you're playing in a competitive environment, it's not it's going to be to good use. because basically you're going to have arguments. Whereas if you're playing, I mean, maybe maybe even in an uncompetitive environment, basically what I should be saying is if you're playing someone that you don't know very well yeah. then it could create a problem. And you because, haven't agreed this stuff
2: before you play the game?
0: No, yeah. exactly. And like, maybe you've gone, oh, okay, so I'll play Um, you know, we'll play a little bit like, yeah, that's it, mate, just say it's in, it's fine. But I think from my point of view, I will be basically in my head, I'll be playing the um, the sort of the mechanic that if you're a one inch range melee, you can fight over one base of an infantryman. It yeah. just, it just makes sense. Yeah. It just, it just makes sense. If you've got, you know, and, and then if you can, can't fight over cavalry and stuff. And actually in Saga, this is quite an important mechanic. Um, and they, that's, they've, that's how they've explained it. And it's very clear. And it's not very complicated. And it doesn't need a lot of pages to write that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this is probably my biggest hate of the game. is the melee range, measuring weapon to weapon, because I hate that in War Machine, where you go, i oh, am I within half an inch? It's like, I'm a mill out, or you're not in. or is it, I'm in base contact. Right, cool, you're in. You made the charge, you're in base contact, you're in. I'd rather, when you rolled the charge, you measured base to base, you rolled the dice, I'm in the charge range, I just move the models, touching and bases, and all the models can move further than what you've rolled. You just keep moving until you engage the whole unit. So I'd rather yeah. it was like that.
2: You haven't got arguments, have you? Because it does seem a little, like you said, I think it's a bit wanky when you're, you're like, oh, well, this guy can only move so many inches and he can't quite get into his half an inch range to, to be able to strike you, mm. whereas the guy in front of him is, and I still have to maintain unit currency. So
0: it's... Oh, I've twisted this model so his hammer's sticking out an, in between your two men. So suddenly. that's what we did
1: in our game, One yeah. that We were just joking around, going, well, I'm going to rotate this guy's axe through here and this guy's horn... Now within the musician's got a really long reach, so he's going to go stand here, so he can poke through I into mean, this bit.
0: Can you imagine, like, with your when you're using like necro snakes or whatever, you could put them on like a 50p base, and they've got like a long winding tail, and yeah. you just thread that through their unit, and it's sticking out the back, and you oh, yep. hit that oh, guy who's behind the, the unit. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a bit like. It, uh, it just doesn't. I don't want the game going down to that level. Because it takes the fun out and it takes the visual aspect out of the game. Yeah, that's what I said to you yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it? Like, you, you
2: want you want to see like people lined up to fight each other, and you know, and the the cinematic element of it because it is a visual game, isn't it? That's why we're in this. That's why we do this hobby. Yeah, like, it's a big part of it. And the last thing you want is some dude with a fucking you know leaning backwards with his axe backwards, pointing through a fucking unit, so that you can plant some scab on the head because he's closer for him. You know, it's just it just kind of spoils the game a little bit. It just doesn't, doesn't look very different.
0: good, does it? Because you yeah. you want to move the guys in and have them all like facing and in dynamic looking dynamic poses and they he might be like looking forward with his hammer back, but actually think actually from from a gaming point of view I'm better at having that hammer poking through the shoulders of both of the two men.
3: Yeah.
0: It's again. like it's like do we really need to do that and I I think to be honest with like competitive play that will just be something that people write it will just get changed. I know as a TO myself, I know that for South Coast um, which will be going ahead, by the way. If anyone's wondering, um, maybe it might not be all Age of Sigma, but Age of Sigma will play a part. Um, but basically, the um, things like, oh, okay, you, you just, like I said, you just have that size chart, and you just say, okay, infantry is size one, cavalry is size two, monsters are size three. You look at the melee range, one, two, three, and that's what you can fight over base to base. It's straightforward straightforward um, You just run. have a s- space size chart and a melee size chart that's all you need and it's base to base so you go you know and obviously like if you're an inch and you're not in base to base you can still imaginary base if that makes sense yeah. it's more to do yeah. with fighting over models than than actually like what you can hit so um oh. so yeah um melee range thing is a bit annoying i think just measure from the base is, is easier um damage and the way it's inflicted mortal wounds mortal wounds mechanic uh, for people who don't know um, and also it's all about multiple damage so I know we had this when we were playing wasn't it when um, you're rolling damage you go and it's d3 and you're like but do I take whole model off if I've already got one wound on the profile does that mean you kill one it's like no it's d3 wounds to the unit so it's just like siving through the unit rather than hitting one guy and doing loads of damage I quite
1: like that yeah i do as well it, it takes
0: makes, a lot of that wankiness out of the game
2: it it made sense once you get your head around it but i think it's like a, a sort of like a throwover from h you're like i was there like, i mean i was doing stuff in eighth edition like declaring charge of me like this guy's gonna charge this guy's gonna charge this guy's gonna charge and you're like no you yeah. charge then move then they charge then move and i'm like oh right it's, just, it's like getting that yeah but that's just that's just a hang up from. For 8th, and I think that's, I think yeah. the, like you said before with the, you know, the die 3 wound mechanic and stuff, I was there with the hang-up from 8th, wasn't I? And I? I think that,
0: I actually think it, it seems quite powerful now, like multiple wounds. Yeah, but the, 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 the weakness of it is is that you take one save roll, and if you save it, you stop all the damage. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of a, it's a halfway house, it's like, yes, it's good, but then rather than having to make three saves, they're going to fail one. They only yeah. have to make one save. And it's, you know, it's kind of. You I think you can get more bang for it, but potentially, it, it's less dice to roll. It's less dice. To, normally, you've got less attacks as well. Yeah. So you're rolling like there's there's one of the Tomb King War Scrolls. You've got a choice of tails. One is one attack that does D three wounds. The other is three attacks that hit slightly worse. But the point is, is that. You're gambling on one dice, or you're gambling on three dice, and Law of Averages will average out better on the three dice, but then you get more bang for your buck, because it's better rend as well. So rend is another mechanic, so you, everyone's got to save, some weapons rend, and they you reduce your save, I really like that. Uh, I would like it more if everything in the Chaos Army had more rend, and, and the Stormcast guys weren't in fucking tank armour. Um, but the. Yeah, the. <laughs> i like the mechanic i like the idea of red yeah it's uh, good oh, seven it's effectively serving. armor piercing yeah it is but it's less complicated like you think about eighth i'm on a horse i've got barding i've got chaos armor i've got a shield i've got a helmet on i've got a one-up save it's like okay so you've got to add all that together and then oh, i'm hitting people hit with strength seven so i'm on one up i go two three four five but it's 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 like it's it wasn't as intuitive as yeah. going, I've got a four-up save, you roll the dice, watch your rend, two, oh, I take two off my roll. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it's a lot simpler. I like it, it's elegant. So quite there's a lot about this game I like, and there are some things that do my head in, but I'm sure they'll get fixed, because I don't think they're going to, that's not like they're going to release the book and go, that's it for six years, lads, that's your rule book, <sighs> What they did with 8th edition. I think what they're going to do is, it's going to be an evolving rule set, so they'll go. There's your rules to start with. Play, yeah. play, play. Look at the internet. See because the thing is, it's like you can play test all you want, but you're play testing with a group of people. And then you go as soon as you put it out there, and it goes. I mean, the internet is one of these things that's revolutionised wargaming. It's suddenly you have all these rules, all these people, thousands of people playing the game, thousands of people testing things out, and thousands of people going, "Oh, this is broken. This doesn't work. Or what about this? It, that's free." All you've got to do is go and look at the information that's on the websites. Yeah, I'm not free saying play it's play testing. Yeah, in uh, a large, large, large. And you content. might think in three weeks' time they might release a new version of rules, with, with six pages long. And go on, here's yeah. your expanded rules.
1: I'd rather they had a living rulebook that yeah. got bigger and bigger over the next. Oh yeah. Six years that was play tested yeah. thoroughly for six years.
0: Yeah. Uh, I and I. Honestly, for the I people, think that's that, the way it's going. it is yeah. I, I think so. I, I'm, I'm and and like uh, people, a lot of people have been asking me. They're going like, I mean, like Ian Sturgis message me when I was playing Heroes last night, saying, um, "Oh, are you uh, are you are you Age? You said are you AOS or are you Rage or Age of Sigma? Basically, is what he said to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I said, um "Neither. I'm neither. I said I'm more Age of Sigma than non Age of Sigma because regardless, I'll be playing the game." It costs me nothing to rebase my Toon King army. I don't need to rebase my Toon Kings, but... And the rules are free. But... Why wouldn't I? Because the stuff on round basis looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like, I, I know you did you see the shot that was Steve Ren and Ben Johnson playing in Warhammer World with all yeah. terrain? It just looked. It amazing. looked amazing. And like, and do you know how many times you you look at forty k and you think that looks so cool on the table when you see nicely painted armies, which doesn't happen very often. Doesn't um, happen, yeah. You. But that's the point. Is like I know like, like when I spoke to Dan, Dan was saying, oh, I just just didn't like the look of it. And then as soon as you see two nicely painted armies playing, you go, that, I like wow. that that looks fucking that now, looks
2: like there, good I said to you I was like I'm not going to rebase my my dark up arm I'm not going to do it I'm not going to do it and then I saw those two armies on the table with I think it had johnson's terrain on yeah. it as well and you know I mean it does help that those two are
0: quite good painters aren't they you know, quite good painters yeah. come on let's fucking
2: I'm, I'm not, not going to fucking
0: go on set steve's dick
2: yeah they're both <laughs> wearing a paintbrush don't they yeah. and then um, they they just look amazing I mean like I Johnson's Scaven army in particular, because I'm not a big fan of Steve's um, aquarium plants, but the arm is nice. But yeah, Johnson's I mean, Scaven army in particular looks fucking amazing. Like his screaming ball on, like the, the base look cracking. I was really impressed with
0: it. Yeah, I I think it's um, like visually it, it's really cool, and actually from a hobbyist point of view, it, it's a lot of freedom by by not having base restrictions. There's a lot of freedom. It's like when we did that Gray Seer, and I made that circles. Scenic base, but I had to magnetise it to put him on a stupid little derpy twenty mil for for gaming. Yeah, but actually, I'd rather have just done him on the round.
1: Yeah, mine's on a 50, <laughs> is it a fifty or a sixty mm Yeah, mil, sixty, I think. Sixty mil round base. It looks fucking awesome on that.
0: Yeah, and I think the only problem with with that is that because it's measured to models, you've got the whole overlapping base for the Asco that's come out. Yeah. Where people are like, well, why can't I just pile my models on top of the, my bases? and then I can get all of my men to attack because they're lying on top of each other. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, no we had that combat, didn't I, where yeah. I just
1: put the Marauders in a pile next to your unit and went, well, they're all going to attack. Because <laughs> they're all there, why not? And I
0: went, no, they're not balanced. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I, I think that, like I say, that it's it's nice and freedom, but I, yeah, like I say, that from a competitive game, I mean, it's fine if you're playing like you're playing and you just go, look, I know you've put him on a big scenic base, let's just pretend that it's smaller and I can get this many in do you agree? Yeah, it's fine. And I think that kind of that that happened in eighth anywhere. I mean that that old um was it Lee Port and Gale's Lisbon where he had the Saurian as his carnosaur, which is probably about the size of an army. It's
1: in um, the realm of battle tile. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's fucking huge. Um, but yeah, I I honestly I like I don't think this is it. And people who think this is it are are just jumping to conclusions.
1: Yeah, that guy burnt his army. What a twat! No,
0: I don't. I don't fucking care. People do what they want. He bought the models. He can fucking shove them up his ass. All I care. Um, the point, the point is, is that age or rage. I don't see the point of rage quitting. It's still a game. It's still fun. Even if it's not gonna be competitive tournament ready straight away, there will be a tournament system coming. I've been speaking to Mo about Clash of Swords. That's already, there's already like a compact coming for that. It won't be perfect, but no compact was perfect in 8th edition. Uh, Not even my South Coast pack was was perfect. You know, you get, there's gonna be loopholes, there's gonna be things. People will break the game but that's what that's what we do is in, the nature of the it, game yeah man. i mean as long as i'm not saying that we do it it's all win at all costs because it's not and people who think that and particularly gw trolls who work in the shop and they're like uh tournament game is a skirm and blah and blah and it's like well we're not actually because um we i'm do sure more for the community and the hobby than they do so well yeah exactly and and I think the problem is, as well, like, like you get a lot of bitterness directed at, incorrectly at tournament gamers, and I think yeah. the most horrendous table etiquette I've ever seen at, at a wargame table comes from when you start playing in small environments like shop gaming, small club gaming, because there isn't that, that sort of social, large community where people would just basically say, look, mate, you're being a dickhead. And, yeah. and like, and you get these little incestuous pools. Where, I remember playing a GT, and I played this guy from a village, and there was three of them all from the same village, and the only people they play are each other, and they don't live near a GW. And they had some horrendous habits. And in their gaming group, that was all that's, fair play, because, because they all play they that do. way, yeah. and they were like, well, that's acceptable. And I just turned around to the guy, and I said, look, this is just not an ex- fun game, and it's not acceptable behaviour. And I said, if you carry on like this, mate, I'm going to fucking take you outside and punch your face in. I said, you don't fucking wind your neck in, because, you know... And, and like I said to her, I said, this is not fun, stop being a tool. And it's like, oh, but we play this way. And I said, I don't care how you play in your little fucking village. Um, you know, you don't know me, I don't know you. If you, you're going to be like that to me, I'm, I'm fucking not accepting it. Do you know what I mean? And and I think as well, that's, that's important. And I think... Um, that's the problem with this so-called like Games Workshop shoppy kiddies going, oh yeah, but they're horrendous. Actually, the problem isn't tournament games. The problem is the guys who go into Games Workshop who don't have much to do, and they go in and they just start fucking... Going, oh yeah, but you just want to do this to like little Jimmy's bit these yeah. models. I oh, don't buy those; they're shit. Buy you carriers. might. You, <laughs> why? Why are you giving your your towel guys plasma carbines when the rifles are so much better? Oh, just pull those weapons off, man! Don't bother wasting your time with that. Or you see like a kid looking at a box set of cool models, and you get and there's some derpy twat in a long leather jacket. He's some sort of Matrix reject. I, I did have one of these in my store, um, would yeah, come I along one and go... Exactly, like well. every store has one. They're like the fucking yeah. the, the troll. Um, and they go, oh, uh, why are you buying that? No, it's shit, you don't want to buy that. You want to buy this, it's much better. Yeah, but I like this model. Yeah, but it's shit, it'll just die every game. It's worthless. And it's like... No. <laughs> That's what they need to sort out, not, not tournament gamers. Um, but anyway, I'm digressing a bit. But basically... Yeah. Um, That's the sort of the core set of rules. Now the only thing that I want to talk about is the mechanic around the more we touched on it earlier, didn't we? We talked about keeping track of priority. Yeah. Or or like whose turn it was or what because as soon as you get into the combat phase and you've got multiple combats going on across the board, it's really easy to forget which models have fought, which Which combat which turn you're (laughs) on and who if you've got a role for priority or you've got another round to play.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I think what you need to do is put like a like you did. We had a token, didn't we? Yeah. So you have like turn one, and then you have a token for your turn in turn one, mm. and then you put like you should put like a green marker next to each unit that's thought that's I, had its turn.
0: Yeah, I think what you need to do is you need to have a turn marker that counts the turn rounds the battle. So I should call it a a battle round marker. Yeah. Yeah. Then you need a priority marker, like a coin or something, you give to the person who goes first in that round. Yeah, Yeah? so they're
1: holding it, they've got the priority. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then you, you have to keep track of, you know, so you know they went first in that round. Then when you do your turn and you're fighting, I think you need two markers. You need one to say that you fought with a unit, and you need another one to say that you took casualties in this turn. Yeah, yeah. Well you so, could probably just put the like marker
1: next to the unit so and then what put you could the casualties do, next to
0: it. As soon as your models dies in a unit, you get you've got a big dice, you've got a set of big dice, you put a big dice, that's a battle shock test at the end of the round. Then you, you carry on, and then you go right, they fought, and you might have like a little sword like two cross sword disc and you go, they fought this round this turn. Da-da-da-da. Then you clear the markers up. And I just don't I just think it's it will make there will be instances at tournaments where you go. I mean, I've had it before, and I've played a normal game of Warhammer where you've got sequential turns. and They go, "All right, cool. So I'm going to charge you." You just had your turn. No, I didn't. It was your turn. No, you just had your turn. I've actually had that argument at a tournament.
1: Yeah, no, it happens.
0: It does. Well, and I look think at that team event we went
2: to, there was a, a yeah. situation where someone went to the toilet and then argued, fought around a combat, went to the toilet, come back, and then argued the toss that they hadn't fought around a combat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think the the actual. Like, keeping track of that is, is something that you will require some sort of tokens or markers. Um, and It'll
1: become a, a habit
0: that gamers will need to sort of yeah. get into. And I'm not saying that's a big criticism, because in 8th edition you have to have arcosite, laser pens and all the rest of it. So it's not like you didn't have gaming aids in 8th. I just think that it's one of those gaming aids that I think you, you need to have yeah. is some markers to say, right, that unit's fought, this unit's fought. Because then at least at the end of the round, clear the markers off. Then you look at the dice, the, the guys that have got a battle shock marker or a big dice next to it. That's the battle shock test, 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 test. Right, cool. Uh, it it just makes sense because it's easy to forget battle shock. It's easy to forget who's fought. It's easy to forget the turn sequence. Um, my other gripe is the wankiness of I move, I charge, I pile in because. You might be 10 inches away, so you move outside of three, you charge, you're in base contact, I pile in. It's like you can do this thing where you move but you like fan out into a, like a wedge, like into a semicircle then you pile in and you all grow and engage on all sides which is fine, but it just feels a bit it doesn't feel very natural. What I liked in 8th edition was you measure two distances and you go that's 10, roll two dice, add my movement it's in, you pick the unit up and you just fucking push it into it and that's it. You're in. You're in combat. This whole like it sort of almost feels like you're fucking tiptoeing up to fight. It's like, oh, we move forward. Da, 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 da. Stop. Oh, they turn their back. Move a little bit more. Stop. Yeah. Piling. What's it's like, time, Mr. Wolf? It, it kind of. It, it feels a little bit like. It doesn't. I, I, it might just be a personal thing for me, but I kind I, of like that. that. Fucking smash that in there. Yeah. One go, one move, straight in. Whereas it's like, move, tiptoe up, ooh, ooh, roll dice, it'll we'll go in, but don't quite go in, then go in. And it's like, and there's stuff you can do as well, like, if they haven't clarified how the charge works, I was saying this to Dan, what you could do is charge one guy in. So you roll like a big charge range, so you got like a 3d6 charge, you've rolled like an 18, you can go, okay, so I've got 10 men in the unit or something, maybe an 18's extreme made like a 12, you could literally move your men in from a block of like 20 guys touching bases 5 by 4 You could literally conga line them out across their entire army as long as you can measure 12 from each guy and put them within three of all their units. <laughs> so then their units have to pile in or they don't because yeah. it's optional but they're engaged technically. Yeah. So if they don't pile in an attack... And you leave that model alive, they're now pinned. Because in their go, they can either retreat or pile in. Yeah. So there's, it's like, I'm not saying that's a great tactic because, but it's kind of doesn't feel right.
3: Yeah. Well, it
0: might be, it might be a valid tactic. I just, I think the ch- whole charging mechanic and pile-in mechanic. And like I, say, I was saying when we were talking about the rules, I think the pile-in and the charge just needs a little bit of clarification on how you charge and how you pile-in. Yeah. And a couple literally, of diagrams. I think from it's a tournament right. point of view, if they haven't fixed it by next April, I would just say, here's the copy and paste out the 40k rulebook. That's how you do it. Yeah. Because it's clear. It's really clear how you do it. And literally, you could have a free step Step one, step two, step three. So you go, right, can I move in base contact? No. Can I move into an, into base? If I move in base contact, yes. Can I move into base contact with a model that isn't already engaged? Yes, that's where you move. No, okay. You pick the closest model or whatever. If you can't move in base contact, can I move in base contact with one of my men or into a fighting position? Yes. Okay. Can I move into a fighting position? No. You must move into coherency with the unit. Straight away, simple. There's no bullshit around conga lining, nothing. And it's not difficult. It's not a complicated process. It's in the 40k rules. Once you understand it and you've played it a few times, it's natural. And I actually found myself doing it in the games we were playing, even though it's not a rule. Yeah. But I was just playing it that way because that's I've played 40k and I've played Saga and that's how it works in those games. So I was like, well, I'm just going to use that because I don't want to be a twat about it. But literally, when you get into gaming and you've got, like, could I abuse the rules? Maybe that will be something. But then maybe you just, like, from a tournament point of view, if you clarify and just say that oh, I would do it that way, like 40k, fine, done, sorted. Um, but for me, that's the two major bits in terms of the game mechanics. I mean, what about you guys? You've got any things that you don't really I, don't I'm like? still
1: on the priority thing, like yeah. initiative priority, whatever it is. I just, it just, like, I think maybe it's because all the games I play, the priority always fuck me. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was.
0: Maybe I don't think it fucked you in a couple of those scenarios. When you, <laughs> the first one when you won it and you just charged and killed my whole army.
1: Yeah, but uh, that was just the showing how stupid that character is, isn't it? It's and,
0: like... and I think you won the role um, in the second mission, and then. But I just, like I say you just didn't make that. Um, I forgot like that charge and yeah.
1: shoot and
0: yeah. fly around. And that, that's the other thing. There just needs to be a rule on that to say you can't shoot if there's an enemy within free Yeah, it's a simple, it's a simple fix, and it will fix the whole shooting power creep. And I think that will come in. I would be very surprised if within three or four weeks there isn't a PDF out that says that, like an FAQ that says you cannot shoot into combat. You cannot. Yeah, you cannot shoot out of combat. You cannot shoot out of combat, or if basically if an enemy is within three of you, you cannot shoot.
1: Because you basically I, fly up to an enemy, stand three inches away from them, shoot a different enemy, and then charge the enemy in front of you. Which I did then,
2: in one of the yeah. games. And then once you're in combat with that enemy, you shoot the enemy
0: behind him. Yeah, because I did that, because there's only one marauder left. Yeah. So well, I'll throw my hammers at the ten at the back, and then I'll kill this guy in the combat phase.
2: Which well, just needs to be sorted. I think for me, it, it's the, the shooting rules just need a little bit, that just some addressed. And I'm kind of with you with the, the sort of like the pilot, and it just seems a bit...
1: Just a bit it's weird. All doesn't, feel, tweaked, I'm sure. doesn't feel. Doesn't feel fluid. Much
0: That's too, the uh, only thing. Um, right. So mechanics we've talked about. Now one thing we haven't talked about, and it's probably the biggest thing, is army selection. <laughs> <there isn't. laughs> well, arm selection? so now I don't know how you guys feel, but when I play a war game, one of the most exciting fun bits, and exciting bits is planning my army. Yep. So, yeah. for my, there's planning, and that's planning your army, planning your tactics, planning your strategy, and the execution of doing it on the table. They've taken the planning of the army away. But have they? It's really weird, because in this rules, it's, I'm not sure, it's not very clear, but there's it's almost like you could have a box of a thousand models under the table, and just, ev- as you're almost playing like a bidding war with your opponent,
3: Yeah, and
0: you're going, here's my model, what are you going to put down? Oh, you've put that down, I'm going to put this down. Oh, you've put that down, I'm going to put this down then. Oh, okay, well, I've got this suit. Like, it's like a really over-the-top game of rock, paper, scissors. Um, and then it's like, oh, how many models are in your army? Ooh, well, if that, that's the case, then uh, I'm going to stop because I can use Sudden Death. Um, I haven't played a game with these rules. We've only played the starter set, and the reason I haven't is because I don't think they're going to be there. <laughs> I think there's going to be a army selection criteria. Um, when the app comes out next week or whenever it is, well, they've, when, they've the said the they're releasing app. an app that's got an army builder. So, how can you have an army builder when there aren't any rules about building an army?
3: Yeah,
0: uh, it just doesn't, it, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, the rule book the, sorry, the Warhammer Age of Sigmar book is gone on pre order. So, maybe there's something in there. It does say there's rules in there, it does say there's rules. So, who knows? I yeah. think the rules in the starter set are like a reference sheet, quick reference, quick and dirty. That's everything you need to play a game, but it's not the full rules. And maybe the rules, like we say, will be like a living rule book.
1: I think um, the game will just get progressively more complex as it goes on. I
0: think so. And I think the glorious victory um, percentage of models dead and the sudden death and the triumph table and all that is cool, but I'm not interested in that. And actually... I'll talk about the um, the um War Scrolls as well, because I think these are sort of a quick and dirty... A bit like the Ravening Hordes in 6th edition, where you release the Ravening Hordes and you go, here's your temporary lists. And as the books come out, all the War Scrolls will get updated and replaced and clarified. So, summoning is probably the biggest thing about the War Scrolls that's got a big question mark over it, in my opinion. I think most stuff's quite clear, but summoning is just... What the fuck?
1: Mm, I'm I'm still on the other side of it, that you just have an army, and then if you have that unit, it gives you the ability to summon
0: more of it. Well, I think so, because the War Scroll, it's like saying, oh, I haven't got this unit on the table, but that War Scroll's got the rule, so my whole army knows that spell. Yeah it does know it's if you've got that unit you know the spell but then the problem is with it it's like it doesn't make sense on some things cuz some things are like special characters and they can summon themselves yeah, yeah it's quite like get it Kairos can't be summoned but if you have a demon
1: army that's summoned how does he start on the table if you summoned? no demon i don't mean that i summon. mean that
0: like Echo can summon another Echo. ah uh, yeah but he's maybe they just missed that well yeah i don't know but i think the most tournaments will just ban the summoning rules. Um yeah. I really like the Tomb King war scrolls. Um I really like the way the healing works and the spells of, you have the unit, it gives you a spell that allows you to heal that unit, or um it allows you to raise that unit, and I think it's quite clear. I think there isn't it, it really the summoning only really falls on its ass when you're talking about demons and lizardmen. I don't know if you feel the same way.
2: But yeah, it does seem a little bit like you... It just seems, seems just a little bit like you take two units of horrors in your army, and then every turn you summon a unit of horrors and you
0: shoot off another opponent. I think the important thing to learn, though, is that, obviously, it's not easy to summon units, because you... they're quite... You, you only can cast... But this is the other thing about wizards. It says you can cast... It doesn't say you can only cast one spell per wizard. So no, if you but, know... I know you can but, use cast that spell once, but...
1: It says, like, uh, on a lot of the characters, this character can summon, uh, use two spells in a turn. So, does that by default means wizards can only do one? Does it? Yeah, because on, on Kairos, I'm sure his one, it says, like, Kairos can attempt to cast two different spells. I think it's the more wounds he turn. has. The more wounds he has, the more spells he can cast, isn't it? Or something Oh, no, that's something, another rule for him. Is it okay? But, like, yeah, I'm sure he says he can cast two different spells in a turn. Um,. And then I think one of the other heralds or something can attempt to cast a second spell, but then that would mean by default wizards could cast like one. I think techless could cast two as well or something.
0: Well, I don't. We 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 should just look really rather than yeah. But um, no, I
1: think the war scrolls are just yeah, like you said, there are just a dirty fix for now.
0: Yeah, but I I think um, the summoning rules is obviously there's a lot of debate about it on the internet, so I don't think it's abundantly clear. No. Yeah. Um. In terms of, like, I haven't looked at all the armies, but the Tomb King War Scrolls, love them. The characters there, I'm not saying they're really bent or really powerful, because don't believe that. I just think the, the fact that, like, the, the Royal War Sphinx, the guy on the back of his fucking... is... Blade and the chariot host you can do is so cool, it's so characterful. You shabby with bows, oh, I can actually paint up my fine cast of with bows and use them. The carrion circling above the battlefield and they dive in, so, so cool. Like, literally, and, and I love the fact that when you build your kit, and I'll put my venom tail on, and it's got its own rules, so I could put this on, and yeah. so, really, really cool, and I just, um. It's, we were talking about it
2: last night, and just how. How, how characterful they feel now? how they feel How they? it's almost like that's how they should have always played with like the carrying rules and like the, the, the in tune beneath the sand rules and stuff like that that we were talking about
1: mm. I like the um, like you're saying about characterful stuff like the furies in the demon book if if a unit of 12 fails a bravery test, you lose one more model because like the Furies just go along and like gank another one away from them.
0: Yeah, I think so, there's like,
1: there's like cool little like fluff story bits behind all the little rules.
0: Yeah, and I think it it makes sense as well. Like I really like the the like the, the um, decapitating strike on the um, the Necro Sphinx where you've got the four attacks on his blades. If you roll two sixes, you do ten mortal wounds to a monster. Yeah, that's pretty fucking yeah but it. you've got to roll two sixes on four dice against a monster it's like it's not likely but there's really that time when you, you're you're fighting some sort of like big gribbly and you just like roll those double six one shot and you just that like bitch boom 10 mortal wounds take it off it's
2: like the feast of bones story isn't it like you know when you when you're yeah. trying to get it off for like
0: yeah.
2: that one time that you need it you get it and you're like yeah like you know just scream out and stuff
0: but, yeah exactly
1: um i i've only looked at the demon ones the high elf ones the some of the dark elf ones and i looked at the empire ones I, I haven't really gone through a lot yet but i really like the demon ones i could if if it becomes a good game with points and or something or some sort of construction i'll mm.
0: definitely play demons uh, of yeah. course you will on on the war scroll it says how many spells you can cast so a herald's can do one a turn so it's not too bad it's not it's not that broken because actually trying to pick the spells, you're not going to have loads of units of wizards, are you? Because it's, it's just not going to be possible as soon as you've got that restriction exactly. on how you build your army. I'm sure they there'll be some sort of ways to say you can't just have like 10 wizards. Yeah.
1: Like, so I actually you don't
0: could, think the sun is that bad.
1: Because you can have a Lord of Change who summons a Lord of Change who summons a Lord of Change who summons a Lord of Change. Like, where does it stop?
0: Yeah, but it's not easy to do that, is it?
1: Well, no, because it is because the Lord of Change has the ability to change the dice.
0: No, that's it's Kairos,
1: cast... is No, Lord of Change has it as well. It's Master of Magic. And it, it, when you roll a pair of dice to summon, uh, to cast a spell, you change the lowest one to equal the highest one. So you, it casts on an eight. You just need to roll one four plus, then it's always cast, because the four plus will become two fours. Hmm. I mean, they can still dispel it, but, you know, some of the summoning, it seems quite powerful. And, like, Kairos gets to add plus two, so when he's when you summon a Lord of Change or whatever on a six, you just need to roll one three plus on two dice. And then if they don't dispel it, you've you've cast it. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems quite powerful. But then you might not want to summon stuff because you be casting gateway, which is, you know, throw nine dice. Any three pluses is a mortal wound. That's, you know, that's just going to rip a unit to bits. So I don't know. The spells seem quite powerful, but we haven't really had a chance. We didn't use them, did we? So no, but I uh, I'm not sure it's that
0: because it's the problem is when you summon a unit, they can't move in the next turn, can they?
1: Well, it says the unit can't move, it doesn't say it can't cast a spell as soon as you summon
0: it, does it? Well, that's the, that's the point I was trying to make about summoning.
1: Oh right, yeah, yeah. The, it's, it's not clear special, on what, yeah, what. It's not clear. On, yeah, because you could you could throw two dice, summon. Throw two dice, summon. You could just have a wizard keep summoning a wizard. That summons a wizard, and you could just end up with fifty wizards on the board before you failed to cast.
0: Yeah, but you know, it's. But again, the victory conditions of the game is is to do with what you is not to do with the fact that oh, I've got billions of models. It's it's actually summoning models isn't actually like they're not free. I know they are technically, but they're not because it's if they die, they count against you.
1: Oh yeah. So. But, but... no, my my sort of concern is with the summoning thing. Like, I use the Lord of Change because he's a great example of it because he can do two two things. So you have a Lord of Change that summons a Lord of Change which summons one. Then you end up with five Lord of Changes. Your next turn, they all fi- all five of them gateway.
0: You can't cast the same spell twice, though, can you? So. Yeah,
1: but he's not casting it, is he?
0: Because someone else is casting it. Yeah, but I don't think you can anyway. I'm not I don't know if you can cast the same spell twice in a turn. Oh, if that's the case, then that fixes that
1: problem straight away. But uh, yeah, I'll have to have to look into that.
0: But anyway, um,
1: yeah, the War Scrolls, like you said, cheap fix, good fun. I, to be honest, I haven't even looked at the War Scrolls. I've
2: only heard of what you you guys have been saying. I kind of wanted to to see how the game went out of the
0: out of the box before I, I sort of looked at the War Scrolls.
1: I'm really pumped about doing a mono Zinch army.
0: Hmm. This is a wizard can only attempt to cast each spell once per turn. So I would say that that's... You can only do it once at a turn anyway. Well, a wizard... Yeah. Can only attempt to
1: cast... Yes, that means you... So your wizard can't cast the same spell multiple times. You no, it says a wizard. It, it
0: doesn't specify that wizard.
1: Uh, possibly then, yeah. Yeah? Yeah.
0: So, I that mean, I, I... You know, you could summon a Lord of Change, granted. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It's... I don't think it's that bad, but... Anyway, we were, uh, like I say, that was the point I was making. The summoning is not very clear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, they, obviously, we just had a little bit of a back and forth there about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> if it was clear, it would be yeah, straightforward. But, yeah. So, so, you think that the tournament scene will just ban summoning? Or... I, I think that's a sloppy way of doing it. Yeah. Because I don't think you should ban it. Because, for example, like the Toon King sort of spells they're not summoning they're like reanimate spells so you can add extra men to units that's a mechanic of their army and i just think you should allow them to use yeah, their if army you, mechanics and
1: that then it, it might make them terrible
0: because the thing is like you've got this with the tomb keys you get like models back a turn but if you've got yeah. a unit stuck in a bad combat and you're you're summoning them back but they're dying and they, they keep dying, you're just giving your opponent loads of points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you, you, what you should do is keep a tally of everything you're killing. Even if it's coming back, you've killed it. So you, the, in terms of the percentage of your original starting models and what you've got and what's died, you could end up with having more models killed than your... Because the models you summon don't count towards your original starting army, but they do count for your opponent for their kills. Yeah. So, so, if you summon, if you've got this Tomb King unit and you're healing D6, 2D6 mana turn with your, your icon of the, the Banner of the Undying Legion and your icon in the unit, but they're just getting rinsed in combat, you're just giving your opponent loads of points.
3: Yeah.
0: And you're comparing it to a baseline that isn't moving for what you're summoning. So I don't think summoning is as powerful as what people are saying. It's actually quite restrictive because you're going, oh yeah, well, you summon all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but you've got to be careful. It's a bit like, it's a bit like when you chuck, when you play old undead and you chuck zombies into a combat to give you some static res and they end up losing like 10 models, which then crumbles the rest of your stuff. It's that kind of thing. You've got to be really careful that you're not just feeding your opponent points. (laughs) Because it's all down to do with the uh, models you've killed. um, Which I I think, to be honest, it should be more on wounds. It should be a total army wounds and the wounds, because obviously one model with 12 wounds isn't equal to one model with one wound. (laughs) But I think tournaments will just either have scenarios... And the scenarios will be coming out next week in the book. There'll be some battle scenarios in there. And you might just say, we're not playing the the basic rules of how many wounds you, percentage of wounds you kill. Because this is basically pitch battle victory points is what it is. You'll just go... And actually, if you look at the pitch battle scenario from the original 8th edition book, I got 100 VPs more than you, I win the game. Yeah. Which was shit anyway. So basically... There was a clear, sort of distinct difference. Then went, we're going to change the rules. That's what's going to happen, is that we'll come up with our own scoring system for competitive play. Yeah, you'll have a 20 nil
1: scoring system where if you beat your opponent by 10 wounds, it's 11-9. If you yeah. beat them by 20 wounds, it's 12-8. Mm. There'll be something.
0: But I think what you will have is you will have a... Um, The scenarios coming out, you will say we're going to play these five scenarios. You've got major objectives, secondary objectives, secret missions, or you may be even using the, like Moe's doing, he's using the, um, uh, what they called the sudden death missions as secondary objectives. Yeah. So you're basically, you're playing your major objective and your secondary. So I, I think the game's going to be more interesting than how much points did you kill with your opponent. And to be honest, I, I don't really like those sort of missions. It's I kill more than you. It's like it's it's boring. Mm-hmm. And that's why at the South Coast this year I changed it up quite a lot and did the whole the different yeah. objectives. And I think I think the game itself, like I quite enjoyed the game we played. And yeah. I'm quite excited about doing the King Army. I want to do it. I've I've got I've got the urge to paint them and build them. The only problem I've got at the moment is I can't build the army because I don't know what to build. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally it. That's, <laughs> where, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm stuffed on that. Really, I don't know where to go with it. Yeah, we okay. probably
1: won't for another few weeks. So we just got to stick it out and just hope it hope it comes around.
2: I think that's why, like for, for me, I'm not start. I, I was only going to start this Stormcast Eternal Army because I've got it in the Mate, box. But
0: you and everyone else,
2: I know every single person out there. Every
0: man it. and his dog is doing Stormcast Eternal.
2: Yeah, and it's they just, are
1: the new, the new hot girl.
2: I, I'm, I'm just because it's like I'm not going to commit to an army that isn't you. Just basic no, no, changes. I, like got, an, I completely, an, completely an, understand why people are doing them. They are cool, and, got, and they are fucking bent.
0: Well, I don't know ben, they're bent, but they they're certainly in terms of the balance of the starter set, and maybe this is something to talk about. Um, I found the chaos with like playing with orcs; they didn't yeah. feel like chaos
1: warriors.
3: Yeah, because you want you,
1: that's what you were going to come back to earlier, wasn't it? They might yeah. look like corn chaos
0: warriors, but they are not <laughs> that in the they game. They just really. don't feel very good. Um, and they they kind of they're a bit weird because they feel like a defensive unit. Yeah, but they're not. Uh, I don't know. I I kind of um, I feel that maybe the maybe the, the maybe the stormcast guys because they're like the order equivalent of super chaos warriors. Maybe that's just making the chaos stuff seem less chaotic. Yeah, I suppose. So maybe that's it. I don't know, but it'd be interesting to see what they do with the war scrolls. And I'm really excited about getting my book next weekend, um, and I don't care that the people go, why buy it because it's not books. It's like, well, actually, I, I quite like fluff books, so I'm going to sit down and read. start reading that 96 page beast that come in the start set as well, because I just I just quite like the idea it's a story, and they're just starting the story, and they're advancing the story, and they're releasing stuff as they go through the story.
2: I really um, like the, the, the... I read um, half of it this morning, because I was like... Well, oh, really? Wait, really, really. Yeah, because I had like uh, up and about from like 7 o'clock. No, not left. like
0: me, sort of woke up at 11... Laugh 11 and went, oh, fuck, there's a day gone.
2: Yeah, but no, I, I started reading it and I thought it was really good. I, I I generally, I know I hated the the fact that they killed the Old World, but, you know, I'm, I'm generally quite excited. Like, there's little snippets of information out of it, which, like, where, like, Sigmar is rescued by, like, a space dragon or something along those lines.
0: It's yeah, so- but it's something a bit like there's, like, the world dragon or something, yeah. or something there, and it's, like, it's some sort of... God, it's, I don't want to don't draw parallels to Dungeons and Dragons, but it's, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's so it is good. a bit like that, though, isn't it? Like, and yeah. It's just, yeah, it was just like this is fucking pretty cool. I actually, I know it's not Warhammer, but you know,
1: at the no, end of day, no, it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, Warhammer's dead man. We have it to is address, Warhammer, it. Yeah, but it's the Age of Sigma.
1: It's not Warhammer Fantasy Battle Eighth edition.
0: No, and that's what you want, in the it? Terry? But what?
3: Uh,
1: no, I, I don't.
0: I, I enjoyed it. You know, I did. I enjoyed Eighth Edition. Don't get me wrong, I'm not. I I mean, I I think it's the best edition of Warhammer ever. But when it first came out, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's just put it into perspective. When Eighth Edition came out, it it was received much in the same way as this. Yeah. Um, people who stuck with it, the first tournaments were a bit shit. I remember like the Seventh Edition books of the old rules ruined the game. Whereas you probably find the War Scrolls are not war. going to be very balanced, and there's going to be things in there that are a bit broken. You mean <coughs> flamers. Yeah, yes. and um, flamers. what you'll... Fo- but what... I've got a lot of hope for this, because Games Workshop are you turning on their kind of just release a product, that's it, set in stone, um not release updates. I mean, they're, they're doing an army builder app, for fuck's sake. I can't... I honestly believe that they are going to pour their heart and soul into this product.
1: And well, look at the Let's, the let's put it
0: this way. I'm going to support them because all the haters out there, and this is one of the things that fucks me off about people who slag Games Workshop, you slag them off, but you spend all your time reading up about the products, the game, going on forums, buying the models, or buying other models to play their games. Yeah, just They're a British company. They've been a big part of my life. I've worked for them in the past. Um I personally would rather see gW succeed than fail, yeah, and the people that want them to fail, I just think they they just got a bit of a sad existence. They can yeah. go snack a d It's like well, if you don't want to play their games, do you know what? don't play them don't play games. it It's not like you have to play their games
1: and don't bitch about it on the forum on it, why day? you
0: why are you even wasting your life analyzing and bitching and talking about it when you don't want to play it? Just move on. I think
2: I was talking to Pano at like when me and him went down to like the midnight opening
0: at at workshop in Gloucester
2: and we, I was down there and like, he said, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm only two years into Warhammer, but I'm like 23 years into games workshop. I'm like too invested to like walk away.
0: Yeah. And I I don't, I think it's far too early to walk away.
2: Yeah. It's like, and I think, I think me and you, I spoke to you about last night, didn't I? Where I was like, Hmm. I actually, you know, I, it does seem sort of like perhaps you just have to sort of like let the dust clear a little bit and you know, they're releasing stuff every week at the moment. I mean, I can't see, I can't imagine there being a 40 K release next month. I imagine it will be something new. Yeah, and you know it's like who knows what this month Stormcast Eternals like what's next month going to bring is it going to be the, the, the amazing new alpha sculpts that apparently we've seen or is it going to be like the new chaos stuff because you obviously you're going to have to expand on the starter set aren't you so is it going to be like well, we've got the
1: Stormcast
0: down is it going to now well, be like we'll, we'll find out when we read the book and it advances the story then you'll better who, guess who where says it's, it's going it's
1: not going to be a completely new faction that's not been in the game before
0: like
2: the Gargots or whatever it's like I Gorgos. mean
1: who the fuck would have thought that
2: that Giants are gonna have their own army. Well, it's cool.
0: But I quite like the idea of a destruction army, ogres, or ogros, orrocks, you mean go- orcs, go- gargants. Yeah. So but I think the uh, I I would be really interested to get my book next weekend and have a good read of that. Um, I've got a lot of hope for it. I think it's gonna get good and I think I saw I think it was Anders from the Swedish team. Swedish EDC team tweeted a thing a meme which basically said stop trying to make it happen it's not going to happen or something with that I think it's a, a scene out of a teen flick or something like yeah. of some blonde blonde chick um, and I'm just like well we're not trying to make it happen it's just we, we just want it to happen and it's going to happen and we will make it happen if it doesn't happen from Games Workshop because we did that in 8th edition we made the tournament scene happen because yeah. we wrote the comp, we wrote the FAQs. We, you know, it. We the the community made it happen. The TOs who run the events made it happen. Games Workshop didn't run tournaments. It, you know, individuals run the tournaments. We made it happen. So, for all the haters out there, do you know what? If you don't like it, fuck off. Don't play it. Um, I don't want to. I don't care about people's opinions of. Like, oh, slagging it off and all the rest of it, and oh, shit, and if someone says something positive, they then jump on and slag it off. And also the same thing, if you're being really positive about it, just don't try and change people's minds. People have their own opinion, and that's fine. Yeah, it's like, if people don't like it, then let them. If people do like it, then
2: fucking let them. Get on with with it, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: But it's it's not like some sort of war where you've got to convince everyone to play it, and they've got to convince everyone to hate it. It's like, make your own mind up, you know, and then just decide what you're going to do. I don't understand the the sort of the obsession. I mean, it's a human nature, I guess, where if you don't like it, therefore you've got to try and make everyone else not like it, or if you like it, you've got to make everyone else like it. It's like just give it a go, stick with it, and I'm sure in six months' time, when when it's more embedded in and there's more rules out and we know more about what's going on, that a lot of the people that have that have marched off and and thrown their toys out the pram will go around pick their toys back up put them on round bases and turn up to an event and look a bit sheepish and
1: they'll be sucking on that GW dick again
0: yeah but as I say it's that that hot girl isn't it I mean you know you're going to go back to her and you might as well just accept your fate and just, just stay in bed with the bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> treat, yeah, just let her treat you like a piece of shit. But she's not, but the thing yeah, is they're or, not treating us like shit. No.
1: Just, it's... just go off and just be freelance for a while. Go and, go and pork some other birds. <sighs> Play some other games. Play some games. games.
2: Go chase that chubby girl, like Malifaux, or yeah, that stupid girl, fucking. the emo chick, <laughs> 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 the fucking, the fucking, you know, the the slightly fit Hispanic girl. We should kid. have to
0: do like a yeah, infinity. The fit <laughs> Hispanic girl. We're gonna we're gonna have to do like a show of like comparing every Miniatures company to a to a woman. So, you know, like Mantic would be like the slightly disabled girl that could be the girl when everyone's gone and like it's a
2: late night and there's fucking some ropey fucking trampy and,
0: of and
2: you I'm... just go over and yeah she sucks a
0: dick well but she's not what you fucking take home to your mum. No, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just wade in here now and talk about Mantic. Um and I'm gonna say how disappointed I am with them.
2: Yeah,
0: I thought they were a bit, um, at and I, I, I'm not trying to, I, I mean, I've, I've met Ronnie Renton, who's the CEO, um, a few years ago at a warmer tournament, he's generally seemed like a really nice guy. We had, quite a good in-depth chat. This is Maelstrom Games. Me um, talking about his product, trying to get into the market, he wanted some support. I've actually painted some models for ticket on the website, which is the... Uh, I think the pictures maybe are still hung around because he did a five unit. That's the Revenant Cavalry. Um, I have did my Chaos Warrior armor on the Bardin so you could spot those. Um, I... I kind of wanted to support Mantic and some of the games, like Jake Thornton's wrote some games for them and you talk about like Dead Zone and things like that. If if anyone from Mantic's listening to this, I think it's really unprofessional the way that you've behaved on the internet in in, in several occasions where you go on and you start going, oh, Fisty Glue Man and and taking the piss and stuff. It's like, well, don't throw stones in glass houses because if you're going to slag off Games Workshop models... You need to have a long, hard look at yourself because, quite frankly, the Dead Zone models are nice sculpts in terms of the design is nice, the material and the cheapness of them is abominable. In fact, I had to buy wire brushes to clean them up, and actually I didn't even bother painting them because they were that bad. I decided that I was just going to spray them white and dip them in an ink so I knew which were the purple and which were the blue ones. Um, I've had better quality models out of a box game. Um, you know, where it's not about models, it's a board game. Um. I have a Christmas cracker. I, yeah, exactly. Um, b- become a bit more professional, guys. You know, if you want people to actually support your product, unless your, your marketing strategy is we just want, like, all the little fucking poison dwarfs you hate on Games Workshop to play our game. I, I just, I'm just disappointed with you guys. If you listen to it, you just, you're not winning me over, so. If anything, you,
2: it's kind of the the opposite. Like in the job yeah. that I do, you'd never go into a customer, and you you never slate the opposition ever.
0: No, you don't.
2: You don't slag off.
0: Like you know the the <laughs> you don't you don't get you don't win friends by slagging off the other stuff because the it's stuff like that they like no, and it's like it's like it's just it's just a bit pathetic to be honest, and um, it's put me off um, trying anything of manic to be honest. Because I'm at the point now I don't want to support that company. So, uh, well done, boys. Alienate um, more customers than you'll gain by doing that sort of behaviour. So, Ronnie, I don't know if you were behind any of it, but I guess you would have known about it. Um, just, just, it's your company. You can do what you want, but you know I won't be buying your products anymore, mate. So, well done. I, I made the decision not
2: to buy any products.
0: After painting those fucking
2: abortions and those fury harpy models that look like someone had literally sculpted it and then smudged it while it was still dry, it's still wet.
0: Yeah, they're rustic. I think they call it rustic. That fucking bullshit. Is what they're <laughs> fucking <in. laughs> Anyway, that's my little rant out of the way. So uh, yeah, well anyway. we've got to keep the reputation up for being yeah, gotta the most be podcast out There, yeah.
1: Do you want to move on to the positive ending bit we've got for, planned for people?
0: Oh yeah. So if you've actually listened to that rant and not turned it off, um the, um our free box set, so we were debating what do we do with because basically apart from having like a mud wrestling competition between the three of us, uh, as Byron's already got a copy and he lives far away, he doesn't have a say in it really. Um we want winner
2: there.
0: Eh. There'd only be one winner there, wouldn't there? Yeah, well yeah. So. All of us would be winners, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um Just a disclaimer, the naked face hammer mud wrestling is not happening. Um, Not yet. No. No, it's not happening, dude. Sorry. I'm quashing that one right now. So, basically, we want to run a little competition. And what we're going to do is we're going to give away our free copy of Age of Sigma. All the models have been built lovingly by me and Terry. Um, So they've had their mold lines removed and they've been glued together and they've been played with. They've been touched by us, if that's something you're into. Um, So what we want is for people to design a logo or a website banner or a T-shirt or, you know, just some cool stuff for the website and for the podcast. So we would like you to send that into our email address which we check now which we actually have access to which is bizarrely is twitter at facehammer.co.uk so if you go to the website and you click on the contact there if you can't find the address or want to do it a different way you can always Twitter um, find us on Twitter and message us which is uh, at facehammer underscore I believe it's our account then you can um just DM us or message us over an at and say, hey, I want to enter your competition. What do I do? Um, then, yeah. So basically the closing date for this really is probably when we've got enough entries to actually do it. But it's probably going to be about a month um, because of the time it will take people to come up with ideas and do stuff. So I would say it's probably going to be around the 9th of August that we would do uh, sort of the closing date. Um, so yeah, so please submit your stuff to us. So,
1: and there's no limit on the number of entries. If you've no. got four really good logo designs, that's four yep.
0: entries. So yeah, it could on. be you know even if you just think, well, I want to draw the you know like uh, the the face hammer guys in cartoon or you know something, fine. Yep. Um, and. We we, we you know we we might use that stuff on our website or not. We don't know, but we or we might make some t-shirts up with it on. But just just basically anyone who listens to this, who thinks they've got a bit of spare time and they're a bit sort of sort of arty and graphic based, do it, and you could yeah. win a copy of Age of Sigma. So okay. if you want some more sigmarines for your bent force, then do that. It's
2: just good to support the the podcast, and like I think another way of supporting the podcast with that is just you know ratings and you know leave a re- positive review on iTunes. I think. Oh yeah, that's that we, something
0: would... we do need. Yeah. iTunes reviews. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, sure. but that's not going to get mentioned to the competition, is it?
2: No. no.
0: But please no. do it. <laughs> I right,
2: fucking out. Um, I just thought of it at the spur of the moment.
0: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we might we might do a runner-up or something as well. I mean, if I don't you, know, if the runner-up gets a hand job off Terry. Don't. No one's going to enter now, are they? <laughs> no one wants that.
1: Even with his soft hands. Even though hand. I do have really soft hands.
0: <laughs> 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 We're not going down that route. Um, so, I think on that note, um, I need to go and throw up, so, uh, <laughs> I was just sick of my mouth. So. A little bit, yeah. So, one final note, um, Age of Sigma, if you want to get into it, go to elementgames.co.uk, um, pre order your stuff, uh, buy your hobby products, get your Liberator gold and your Retributor armour colours and paint your gold fucking Space Marines and just just be really swag and wear
1: that measuring combat gauge. Just I I have
0: asked Byron
1: if they're going to get them in. If they get them in, um, we'll all have to get one and wear it. Yeah, I'm I'm over that
2: shit, man. Um, I'd rather fucking get a hand
1: job. Get a hand job (laughs) with terrorist soft hands.
0: Uh, they are on his website. Age of Sigma combat gauge is a £16 on element games, so if you want to be, if you want to be too cool for school, then you can uh, get your, your Age of Sigma combat gauge necklace. Oh yeah, it's like being in the army of Sigma. It's so okay. fucking cool. You can, you can go with right. my t-shirt that doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gave, is that the blue and yellow one or is yeah that, man did you get that oh, so yeah. apparently
2: it's a large and it's just like if that's a large then fucking hell then,
0: then, it's but yeah. a large, large boys X's. isn't it it's not a large man's. no scene, it's like, no. It's like you, boys' large
2: isn't it so I can't fit so, it over my
0: head well if you can't fit into it should we give that away as well yeah we'll do that as well so yeah the t-shirt's also on offer so if you want a a Sigmarine t-shirt, t-shirt in large now I'm most people listening to this won't be able to get into it, um, <laughs> but you might have you know like a son or a nephew or something. Or you might be really thin like Byron. Or you might be oh yeah, or you might be Byron sized and it'll fit you like a fucking dream. Now Byron, um, like a you small, wouldn't he? Like yeah, he. he what, I mean, I remember being like oh it's fucking Jack Armstrong and oh he wants the small England top so he can show off his fucking guns. <laughs> fucking harm. <home>. Right. <laughs> 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 um, that's it. I think we've covered the product in a lot of detail. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. Um, Sorry for the rantiness in places, but what do you fucking expect from this place? Yeah. Alright, we'll catch you next time. Oh, a quick note. um, I'm gonna probably record a show with Byron separately when he's free, um, and he's stopped boning Jane um, to talk. (laughs) <laughs> to talk so about, my girlfriend doesn't listen to this podcast. I oh, know it's good, mate. It? Well, not many people do, mate. To be fair. No, no, no. Um, so we we're, <laughs> we're gonna do a um, a little show with him or I am um, just to talk about as from a retailer point of view how he thinks the release is gone um, and what he thinks is he's seen from Games Workshop and, and you know his thoughts on it because obviously he runs a business uh, based around this product so it'd be interesting to get his thoughts so that will be coming and also uh, Mini sewed that i want to do with les talking about painting a a stormcast eternal from white dwarf yeah and we probably might talk about the paint hammer competition maybe yeah. even if rich is about maybe get him on yeah we so, could get rich on yeah. yeah so yeah that that's coming potentially so i'll commit to it now and so i yeah we'll have it. to do it i suppose yeah. i better text him on there, see if he's about at some point he's fucking keen he'll be on
1: yeah Oh, on. on a final note skull white isn't on the website
0: Ah, uh, so Korax White is the it's new Korax white. white is the new I
1: white. don't
2: understand that. So Corax is the Raven Guard Primarch, yeah. So surely it'd be Corax Black because mm. Raven Guard are black. So it's like, oh, we're call Korax White. Um, yeah. You,
0: ma- like, if you, if you, you, have get- you just done a faux pas where they used to wear white or something back in the day. Nope,
2: they always were black. Yeah, and then their veteran sergeants had white helmets.
0: Well, maybe that's why then. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's the colour of the helmet. They could have called it helmet white. <laughs> <laughs> think it'd be like white car white, wouldn't it? White, Better white, than white. helmet purple, Any I white? suppose. <laughs> purple helmet spray, seventy pounds. <laughs> Thanks very yeah. much. High high yeah, pigment, dear. smooth finish. Oh yeah. All oh, oh, right, all oh, right, all oh, right. So come into a store near you. Helmet purple. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, I'll all say right. goodbye for the fourth time.